0: You're listening to Power Athlete Radio, a podcast dedicated to empowering your performance every damn day. Join former NFL pro and Power Athlete founder John Wellborn as he dissects the greatest minds in strength, conditioning, and more. Joining him is everyone's favorite coach and hair model, Chris, a.k.a. Tex McQuilkin, Power Athlete's director of performance. So whether your goal is to be the hammer, destroy mediocrity, or simply move the dirt, You've come to the right place. Now, with the warm-up done, let the gains begin.
1: Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm John Walborn, joined by my director of training, Mr. Chris McQuilkin. Howdy, and we have a special guest in the podcast room today.
0: Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Finally,
1: uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to butcher your name, Shandi Habeto.
0: Shandi Habeto. Yes, uh, was, good. was that close? Yeah, that's all right. I have like 20 old friends that still can't say it, but that's okay. Yeah. That was good enough. Okay. I got you, brother. So
1: we've been uh, working on my Portuguese a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, so well, I'm, I'm picking up words, so I've, I assume I got to get names first.
0: Yeah. You know, because it's very, the way like even um, when I tell people, oh, what's your name? So Alex, and of course there's Jiu-Jitsu people around me. No, just say like your, your stage name, right? And I'm like, oh, Shanji. And the guy, oh, Shanji, that's interesting. How do you spell that? Oh, X A N D E. They're like, Zanji. And now they change the whole perspective just because I didn't know how to spell. It's just so interesting.
1: Well, I mean, first time I met you, I thought it was uh, Zandi. Yeah. And you were like, it's not Zandi. And I'm like, well, it's got an X in it, so I
0: assume yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's it, it keeps me, my identity hidden. Oh, who was the guy? No, that was Sandy. Uh. Who was the guy? That was Xander. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you you know, with the shaved head, you could be Vin Diesel in the in Triple X movies.
0: Um, Xander
2: Cage. It did go to Brazil. Yeah. Huh? yeah. No.
1: Well, they didn't. Not in that movie. Not in Triple X. I don't think they went to Brazil. Oh. That would have been in Fast I and confused. Furious. They went to Brazil. They plots. went to Puerto Rico. They went to Brazil. They went everywhere.
0: Uh, Lovato used to say, my alter ego is Shun Diesel." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that's good. <man. laughs> uh, yeah. I. Well,
1: that's a, I'm going to stay away from that because I got some good Vin Diesel stories. But uh, okay. I'll stay away from them. Right. So, hey, man. Um, so we met kind of an interesting way. We had a mutual friend. I did that course with Craig Douglas, who we've had on the podcast, Mm -hmm. and one of his assistant instructors is Scotty Oates, uh, former NSW. Um, I think he's a long-time Brazilian Mm Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Mm -hmm. And after I got fucking smashed by a Purple Belt, who's now a Brown Belt, who basically put me on my back, pulled my gun, and killed me twice with Sims. Mm -hmm. He's like, you got to learn some ground game. You got to learn some, Brazilian jiu-jitsu to match, you know, my foot fighting and mm-hmm. my, uh, mm-hmm. on my feet. So he put us in touch, and I know you were just opening your school. Everything was kind of going, so we connected, and then a few months later I finally figured after things had calmed down it would be easier to get together, mm-hmm. and then I cruised up. And
0: well, yeah, and now uh, we're, we're building a powerful thing together, you know what I mean, bringing your skills and your mindset and, uh, you know, help my athletes, and I'm really grateful for, you know, just uh, the way things connect and uh, can see what the future holds.
1: Cool. No, I'm excited. It's a lot of fun and it's very humbling. Like I told you earlier, I hate every minute of it. It's uh, It goes against every natural instinct I have to lay on my back and let some guy lay on top of me. Yeah. And so I have to, like I even said to you the other day, I have to empty my cup mm-hmm. and like put myself out and be like, I'm here to learn a skill. Like, uh 50 to 60 percent power at all times because mm-hmm. if i go 100 percent, it's not gonna fucking help me i'm not gonna learn technique i'm just gonna try to fucking smash people
0: yeah it's almost like you have like you rewire your personality a little bit because you know you did so many years of football and i remember you telling the stories like you're in the most aggressive you know football players there you know what i mean you, you always did the extra heat the extra effort and now i'm telling you to put the effort away you know sounds very counterintuitive you know for many how many years did you play football like, uh,
1: professionally played for a decade but um you know 5 years in college well yeah four you're talking years about
0: in high you know 55 years of doing this you know what i mean and then comes a guy and say hey don't use those weapons you're know, like what a minute. mean it like those are the only weapons i have you know but but it would be it would be very interesting to see where where you go with you know once you can put the technique and usually i'd say like is give direction to your strength i thought like Oh, don't use the strength. Like, Well, but if you don't use the strength, you're not really creating leverage, right? There's a a level of strength you got to use, okay? But, of course, you always have the mentality, okay, I got to use technique. For me, it's about how to use the power properly to that situation. Okay, I'm fighting a 120-pound guy. I'm going to use 10 kilojoules of of force. If it's Victor Hugo, you got to do what it takes. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it.
1: You know, the... uh The thing which is really fascinating for me is, you know, Victor and Arash and the guys come and train with us, so I get a chance to put them through my template and what we do in Mm -hmm. terms of the power athlete performance, you know, and uh, the templates. And, uh, like, normally I can draw one-to-one with athletes, Mm -hmm. where, like, I can see what they do in the weight room and I understand, and then, you know, if we go out and we play around or do Mm -hmm. hand fighting Mm -hmm. or I go battle them, I can kind of one-to-one, but it's really fascinating to see them train and... Uh, the strength that they demonstrate in the weight room is not equated to the strength that I feel when I roll with them. Mm -hmm. Like if, um, if I didn't know better, the first time I rolled with Victor, I thought he would have been a, you know, 500 pound bencher, 600 pound squatter. Mm -hmm. just an absolute savage, which he, Mm -hmm. you know, he just never had the opportunity to lift those weights. Mm -hmm. So we'll get there one day, but it's uh, an interesting like disconnect where he's dramatically stronger mm-hmm. on the mat than he is in, what, in, in the weight room. It, well,
0: it yeah. Like usually I say, like jiu is always like the battle of equations. You know what I mean? There's what it is, that what you're using, that's your perception of it, right? So your perception of it, oh, this guy is a, is a, is a monster. But no, it's just that his technique just became so powerful that that can overcome that. And that's, that's what we're doing with you. And now it's, it's counterintuitive how you don't use that. But believe me, you're going to feel probably way stronger once the technique, it's it it's connected and married with your just. Let's talk about your baseline of strength. Like, okay, I'm not I'm not using strength, right? Like, bec- because that's all I need, and that's when you, the perception of strength with you is gonna be insane. Like, I remember the first time I trained, where I felt strength, but I felt like, okay, that's the strength in it. It's 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 painful, but it's off control a little bit. Like, if I nudge you a little bit, it's like. Okay, he's going all over, but still strong. But next there's gonna be a point I'll be like, okay. It's not even strength, like it's like you're pushing a wall. Mm-hmm. There's no strength in the wall, but you can't push the freaking wall. And I think that's what where we need to get eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's fun. I mean, um, like I said, like I will go in there and I'm like, ah oh, fuck. But um, I've realized long ago that if I just do the things I like, mm-hmm. I won't get better.
0: And I love the scene over there because sometimes like there's like this. Just little people. They're like 130 pounds, and sometimes like we go in class and everyone is like five foot eight, and then there's John. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so interesting. I was Like, man, this guy gotta be having so much fun because I'm I'm not tall, but like he's super tall. Next time I'm like, like, all right, I'm gonna go with you. Okay, <laughs> uh,
1: dude, it was it was great. We we all lined up and we kind of did this round robin, which is pretty fun. Um, so in my head, like, uh, I was actually uh, Alex uh, Victor's girlfriend. I almost paired up with her, and I was oh, like, no. oh, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna squash her. And it, it, it's fun. Um, and the one thing which is really uh, neat about jiu Jitsu and I tell people like the community aspect mm-hmm. that we were discussing, but uh, like um, like uh, everybody's super friendly mm-hmm. and everybody wants everybody to do well mm-hmm. and like I've never felt any ill intentions. Mm-hmm. and I think that's a, that's pretty nice you know with it like
0: yeah, and, and it's still I think like like I say Jiu Jitsu, it, it deals a lot with like your culture, like right? your personality, right Your personality is like all right, you go against him. I'm saying, I'm just going to shove this guy on the wall. You know, and I'm saying, hey, don't do that, right? So it's the same thing. Like Alex, for example, she has this very feisty way of her rewards, for example. Like she posting, She's very like, okay, I don't believe in this. Like she's very, she fights a lot like that. In the beginning, I was like, where's that girl on the mat? So it's, it's about like finding where is your know, personality you need to bring to the game. Like, like when we talk about Victor Hugo, for example. You know what I mean? Like, what part of his personality is going to be the killer, you know? What type of the personality he can sh- sh- turn on and turn off to apply what needs to be done at that moment, you know? And that's what's interesting, you know? Some people, like, especially in jiu like, you tell them to touch you, they'll be like, they'll close their hands. Like, hey, put the hand on the person, you know? Yeah. You got to push it. You got to, like, lean on it, you know what I mean? So even that first idea of contact has to be broken because not everybody's used to that. Yeah. You know, you go from... Uh, usually I say that like, football is a collision sport. Like, you, you're always colliding. Like, it's this violence of collision. Jiu-Jitsu is not really like collision, right? It's more like I touch, I lean, I shove, but it's not really violence in a way, you know? So it's interesting to like, bloom some of those those aggressiveness, control aggressiveness to people that don't have it and to actually administrate the people that have that violence in themselves. And that's where sometimes in a room... Uh, uh, it, it can be like that because then you have a guy that, oh, that's my instinct. I can't blame you from, from shoving someone, you know what I mean? I am be like, hey, why are you doing this? Like You know what I mean? Uh, I will tease you because, you know, we're we, we close. But I cannot blame you from being who you are. Otherwise, I'll be taking away your biggest weapon. You know, it's like sharpen that weapon, put that weapon in a position. And then, uh, like I even mentioned to him, like, Johnny, if you ever want to, you know, compete one day, I'd love to see that just see how like people be like, Oh, take me away from this. You know, that'd be interesting. Yeah,
1: maybe I'd be, I'd be up for it. Yeah. Full speed. Well born. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, Ooh, uh, I don't want to be that no, that I, 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 um, uh, this is something I struggle with a little bit too, with the, even with, uh, uh, working with Victor and Arash and, uh, um, and Philippe. Um, I am so fucking competitive, mm-hmm. um, that it like, uh, like the type, like, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, like, the type of fucking competitive where it's, like, six months out, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there thinking about it. Like, I've, I've told the story. Uh, I played against a dude, and I ripped his face, uh, mm-hmm. like, the picture out mm-hmm. of uh, the program, and I put it in my wallet. So, every mm-hmm. time I'd open my wallet, I'd see him mm-hmm. for an entire year. Like, that level of competition. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like the kick in the pants at 5 a.m. to wake you up because mm-hmm. you know that somebody might be doing more than you. Mm-hmm. And so as I started training with those guys and working with them and kind of taking them on this journey to, to mm-hmm. you know, basically make them more athletic, better, better versions of themselves, mm-hmm. I find myself getting extremely competitive for them. Uh-huh. And I have to remember that, like, it's not my journey. I yeah, just have yeah. to be able to provide them the information yeah. and help them on theirs. And even with Victor a little bit, uh, I'm like, yo, man, like, um, this is something that is kind of become more apparent to me, especially in the Jitsu world that like guys tend to put on kind of an alter ego. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, Gordon Ryan's has this persona he puts on and mm-hmm. other guys have these personas. Mm-hmm. I don't know these individuals, so I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really who they are, mm-hmm. but something I was talking to Victor about is I'm like, what's your persona? Who do you, um, like I remember, uh, One of my buddies played professional hockey, Mm -hmm. and he used to talk about, like, uh, when I go out there, I'm a fucking thug, and he Mm -hmm. had, like, his thug nickname, Uh and when he went out, he'd just go out and beat people up, and he wasn't that thug on the street, but on Uh the ice, he was a thug, Uh and he talked about switching it on and off, Uh and you gotta go out there and fucking be a a killer, Mm -hmm. and so I was talking to Victor, I'm like, you know, when you walk out there, who do you switch into? Is it Mm -hmm. Victor Hugo? Is this who you are all the time? Are you the Mm -hmm. same guy on the mat, Mm -hmm. or is there a persona? Mm -hmm. Is Gordon Ryan this fucking conceited, cocky, fucking shit-talking dude all Mm -hmm. the time? Is that Mm -hmm. who he is, or is this who he is when he steps on?
0: Yeah, like I said, like uh, when you're in a fighting, you need to bring what works for that. I think I'm a, like even on people's side, like my brother, for example. If you look at my brother and I compete, I'm like, oh, those guys are even in the same team, because he will eat you by the moment he walks on the mat. Like he'll like you make sure his energy is like a fireball. You know what I mean? For me, I'm just like, mm, there's a throat, there's a knife, and I'm gonna cut right there. You're gonna bleed until you die. That's more like my style. Like kind of Hannibal Lecter type of like almost like this. Dude,
1: I saw you fucking fired up when you were going against Hodger Gracie.
0: Well, because then I had to. Actually, that that situation, uh, he actually backfired on me because they started like chanting things for me. And I never watched that fight. I only watched that fight literally 12 years later. I watched the whole thing and I was like, I was like so pissed off because like, there was a couple like restarts mm-hmm. that I had a better position and then I end up being a worse position. And then they were yelling at me and I was like looking at them. And then as I'm looking at the is doing all these grips on me, that's why in the end, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I exposed my arm to me. That was more like, um, you know, that was more like an emotional thing happening there. Like yeah. I'm not used to like, you know, God, I respect everyone and feel disrespected for me that it kind of, Took me awful to be on my game mm-hmm. at that moment. You know what I mean? But of course, I'm, you know, we're human. Sometimes we got to just well, go out and tell sh- people to shut up.
1: Shit, dude. I mean, uh, I'm listening to that Lex Friedman podcast and told you this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about Hodger Gracie being the best ever. And mm-hmm. he's lost three times and mm-hmm. twice to Shandy uh-huh. Habero. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. And so then when he brought your name up, uh, his demeanor completely changed like kryptonite. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, oh, this. And like it was. And I think I ever told you. I'm like, "Yeah, no. Um, I've seen dudes that I played against when my name is mentioned, the exact same tha- thing mm-hmm. happens to them, mm-hmm. and I know it's because I fucking won that battle, and yeah. they know it, and it's hard for them to process it. Oh yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, nobody likes to lose.
0: Yeah, nobody. You know what I mean? Just how you deal with it. Hozier, like the thing about Hozier, like I think he's a guy that's not used to lose. Like he's the type of guy you count on the hands how many people he lost to. He and said he, three. And you talk about two guys, Shunji Jacare. What's his fights with Jacare were very like uh, controversial too, and stuff like that. So sometimes you say the only real legit guy that bit him was me, you know. So like I said, I had to bring a lot of things inside my my gut to really beat him because you know the guy is you know six foot five and heavier than me, so I have all the odds against me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I had to bring that extra. You know what I mean. So maybe that's like oh I'm super fried up. I'm like well, well sometimes mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter has a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I mean, dude,
1: he um, you know Buchecha, an mm-hmm. incredible fighter, and he bu- uh, Bucea yeah. twice. Oh and, yeah, uh, and then you know talked for an hour about beating Bushesha was mm-hmm. the you know the best ever in that, and I kind of I, I laughed because a big dude. He's like 6'4", 230. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, he's a beast, you know. And Bushesha like I remember when Bushesha that we have a fun little 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 moment that uh, he fought. We were fighting in Abu Dhabi, right, and he lost to this guy that was like a medium weight, right, and he Bushesha lost a lot before he like okay.
1: Be before he became it. Buchecha
0: yeah like you know what I mean he was good but like you could see his confidence and I told him like literally just, that's the thing that I told him. even Victor I we need to find someone because I, I, it's funny because I tell this to some other people and they take it I tell to my guys they take a while to like get it right I say Buchecha you're 6 foot 3 you're a beast dude just become a freaking monster 8 pack and just mole into people he's like yeah you're right <laughs> 13, <laughs> 13 <laughs> tiles later here you go Buchecha yeah. <laughs> you know
1: Yeah, no, he, uh, I remember, uh, you know, like uh, watching some videos on YouTube and uh, Buchecha came up and legitimately was playing or was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like he he was playing linebacker. Was grabbing these dudes, pulling them, and then basically open field tackling Mm them, putting his shoulder in, legitimate Yeah. Yeah. Like like fucking dudes up like uh, you would expect like in an NFL game. And I was like, oh, that dude's fucking bringing the
0: heat. He's a big dude. Yeah, he also got the top of people and then he just pretty much smashed everybody.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, that's a, uh, that's in, I mean, so
0: you, uh,
1: when you fought Hodger Gracie, was that 2008?
0: Uh, I fought him in 03. Uh, we fought Ghee and no Gi. No Ghee, he beat me all the time. Um, but I fought him the first time with the Ghee, was 05. And then I fought him 06 twice. And then I fought him in 08.
1: So, I mean, think about, uh, the evolution of competitive jujitsu. since then Mm -hmm. i mean it's grown into this you know now i'm seeing it on fight pass and it's Mm -hmm. really grown Mm -hmm. in in the last you know what's that 14 15 years Mm -hmm. from something that was kind of fringy where it was in brazil and Mm -hmm. like it wasn't on tv now all of a sudden i'm turning on and it's on fight pass for ufc Mm
0: -hmm. well yeah it's 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 just i think you know we paved the way you know it's about time that like i always felt that like why people don't know about it right that's that's that was the main thing right um, a lot of people talk about like Jiu Jitsu and Nogi being two different things. I think like one going to carry the other, you know, even though like, for example, the fight pass is Nogi. Nogi is really big now. Um, Why is that? Um, I don't think I can say it's a watered down version because it isn't right. It's very technical because I think actually when I start doing Nogi, got my gi game very, very better.
1: But it, it's the fucking um, grip goes away. Um, this is well, something, but the
0: positioning is still there. So, right? there's, so still that's what anchors. I noticed with the
1: guys, mm-hmm. um, when they started doing more nogi, all of a sudden, uh, their deadlifts and their grip numbers weren't as good. The hands were not as strong.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because now you have to play limbs, heads, you have to really play with the structure of the body more than a handle. Mm-hmm. Right. When I have a handle, there's loose things, right? Like, uh, I'll get like, I'll do nogi sometimes. I'll get such sort a of position. Oh, I wish I had a collar. Like I always had that idea. Like, Oh, I wish I had a collar. Now what happens is um, with with the gi now because I got way better positioning without the gi is like oh it's right there like you know what I mean I can I can see that the the reach uh, mm-hmm. a little closer. So as far as like why no gi because if you don't know really jujitsu like you don't know what they're planning to do. Like th- some be like well, why they're grabbing the lapel like they, they don't understand what's the goal the end goal right. Mm-hmm. With no gi is very specific, you know what I mean? Oh, they grab the arm, they grab the neck, they try to wrestle, right? And also, I feel that like uh, jujitsu. Um, let me make an analogy. I hope it makes sense. It's like boxing and MMA, right? MMA is what fighting. Can you fight? Fuck yeah, I can fight. Put him over there. But can you box? No. It's way different. So I think Jiu Jitsu with the gi is a little more particular and specific than no gi. So no gi is a little more general because you can be a good wrestler Mm -hmm. and get away with it. We can do a good Greco Roman guy and you can get away with it. We can be a very athletic guy and can get away with it. With Jiu Jitsu with the gi, it's a totally different ballgame. Like if, if I had to fight you, like, you know, in a grappling match you'd have way better chances against me without the gi because you can be a sleeper, you can just be powerful but now you have someone holding your shit yeah. you would be like oh shit, I, because now i can pull your arm and expose your arm yeah. i can expose you differently with the gi versus without the gi so there's this it's, this nice balance it's kind of um when we went to open mat when
1: victor's dad was in town uh we did no gi mm-hmm. and uh, it was dramatically easier because mm-hmm. I felt like I could just fucking take meat hooks, grab people, and then just hustle yeah. them into position. Yeah. Whereas um, I, I like the classic nature, the grip, and mm-hmm. the fact, like, the friction of mm-hmm. the gi, mm-hmm. whereas um, I can't fuck
0: up. Yeah, because, for example, like, if you hold my arms, no gi, there's nothing else I can do. But with the gi, if you hold my arms, I can sneak my hand in your neck. Now there's an, a neck there. Like, now I can choke you. I'm like, oh, shit, there's a hand in my collars. Like, nobody's used to that. So there's a lot of that aspect. The speed is a little different. and Like I said, like... Nogi has became a little more appealing to the naked eyes because of the aspect of the movement, of the athleticism or the violence that people can relate to that. Yeah. But some people don't relate to like, why are they stopping that position? Like if I, know, if I know Jiu-Jitsu and I see, you know, the guy like is feeding a lapel through someone's leg and see there's too much technical development in eyes to, okay, to appreciate what's happening. You know, no gi, there's nothing much. Of course, there's positioning. Oh, he's trying to pass the guard. It's very clear. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to grab the guy's head, foot. It's very clear. So there's no like little like little little things happening that you need to evaluate. That's why no gi in a way is more appealing, is more marketable. Um, definitely, uh, because it, it is internationally more reachable to non-Brazilians. If you go to the gi, it's pretty much dominated by Brazilians, right? You're not yeah. gonna have big companies you're not going to have big sponsoring just going to term and just sponsor a bunch of brazilians that 80 percent don't speak english or 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 things like that versus you go into american market because now you use it to the marketing you use it to be the loud person now you have the conor mcgregor's the the gordon ryan's the craig jones that put that funny persona or whatever they want to perceive themselves that as you know what I mean? And that's much easier to market because, oh, I want to see the guy. Oh, he's a clown, but I want to see him. I want to see him winning and losing. But then you go from a position of jiu-jitsu where, in a way, 90% of the people still are very dead, like very sober, demeanor, like, oh, martial artist. Like judo, right? Mm-hmm. Judo is on the edge of being very boring because everyone's so respectful, right? Sure. Does this sell? I don't know, right? Like, you know what I mean? Unless it's like in Japan it's different because now they, they, they understand that aspect of the eerie silence the, the silence respectful versus a western market is more the loud market okay if you're not loud you're not fun yeah. right and I don't understand therefore well, I don't buy it uh, in boxing
1: and MMA they pay the bad guys yeah like it, it's true I mean like if you think about like uh, baby faces versus heels is how they mm-hmm. describe it in mm-hmm. uh, WWE but they pay the fucking bad guys like the, the heels like the the Conor McGregor's the guys mm-hmm, that talk shit mm-hmm. I mean think about the last time we saw uh, anybody in the UFC that was kind of like a good guy that didn't say anything was probably George St. Pierre and, yeah. he's, and he's an anomaly yeah, yeah, like he was kind of like a nice dude he never talked shit was always super respectful mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. he was pretty good but he was a good
0: talker he he was a good person to sell so he had that well thing. he was
1: good looking and marketable but he never said a bad word no, about anybody no, whereas yeah. you look at McGregor I mean fuck dude he's <laughs> shit talking fucking uh, Kaleeb and like uh, he fucking beat his ass. I mean, it, like, uh, like the, after the ass whooping that McGregor took from him, the mm-hmm. fact that he's able to talk shit to him is unbelievable. To oh me.
0: yeah, you know. And like I said, he's the, the richest fighter that I've ever been. You know. Yeah, but why is he the richest fighter? Well, Cause because he
1: fought because he had to step out and do professional boxing versus mm-hmm. uh, Floyd Mayweather, and then he sold his his. Well, uh, also,
0: also I think for the for the fact that he comes from like Ireland is like a mini Brazil. He's like the only one guy look at Jose Aldo look at Anderson, you know how much you know they they have done and now you're talking about a guy that had the vision you know what I mean and had a whole country behind him because irish like i I was in I was in uh, in Vegas for the Aldo and the McGregor fight and I, it's funny because I watched it on my phone in the bar and they Irish people man you talk about Brazilians, but those guys man they're like hooligans and shit you know yeah. they, they pride, go pride for it. culture huh. Yeah. Pride culture. Yeah. yeah, you know what oh, I yeah. mean? And I, and now you have a little whole country behind one guy. You know what I mean? He owns freaking Ireland. And I say, okay, yeah. I like booze. I like weed. I like this. I like party. you know, Proper. And two has a very good catchy thing, right? Yeah, Pro-
2: yeah proper 12. It's, yeah, yeah. it's okay. I mean, we drank it. Well, I'm looking forward to his role in roadhouse
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a good one he um yeah he's an interesting cat but for the most part i mean the guys that tend to talk mm-hmm. a lot of shit mm-hmm. and tend to be bad guys tend mm-hmm. to get paid in the ufc
0: yeah you know because like i said if for some reason that culture is like i either, i either want to see you win i want to see you lose but i am still going to see you yeah so well
1: yeah. i mean people show up to cheer just like they show up to uh, show up to boo people yeah and people hate them and it's yeah. like people will show up i mean i um uh, like I knew people that hate McGregor uh-huh. and paid to go to the fight because there's the off chance he might lose.
0: Yeah. Like there was one guy, uh, that I think the first guy that brought this idea was Valid Ismail. He was uh, the Gracie hunter or whatever because he beat a lot of Gracies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he talked himself in a third person. Uh, he sold himself. He had like He was the guy that had the most sponsors at that time. You know what I mean? he say, talk good, or talk bad, but talk about me. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd like, have that mentality. You know what I mean? He'd, like, look at the thing. Like, he'd, like, do an interview. He'd be. would literally, like, put this thing, like, I'm gonna get you, man. Like, he'd make, like, this, these faces and things like that. So he was the bad boy. Yeah. He was actually sponsored by a bad boy. So he it, it, it made, and he's from an house, Big, bald guy. It, this stereotypication of the bad Brazilian pitbull dude. You know, bald head, big ear, mean face. And, and he sold. He was the highest, Probably paid athlete at a time, you know, fight at a time. He had like a shit ton of sponsors. He always had that idea. And then he he built like a MMA show. He's just a guy that came from an house, you know. His jiu-jitsu was very limited. If you look at his competing, he wasn't by far the most technical guy. But he knew what he wanted and he was tough as fuck. Dude, um... Take us
1: back, like, I'm really fascinated by origin stories. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in Manaus, Manaus uh, yeah. which is, for those of you guys that don't know, Brazil is actually on the Amazon, in, like, not near the beach. It's in the, in
0: the, the river, jungle. Yeah, in yeah. the river, yeah. Um, Manaus is up north, Um the state of Amazonas. Uh That's wh- where it is. So uh, there's the the Solimões River and the Black River, they meet. And one is, okay, let's put one is gr- uh, beach, the other one's black, and Manaus is right there. You know, big city um a lot of um um foreigner um foreigner like influence because of the uh, the back in the day the industrial part of it pretty much every single electronic in brazil was was made in manaus until of course the government decided to take all the incentive away i remember like um like as a young kid just walking on the on the on the downtown of manaus and like so many germans americans like i said wow like because manaus is very particular like you know indian mixed with whites and things like that and everyone is mainly dark like i'm i'm too white for manaus even and i would just see these big gringos like wow that's like literally you walk around you you barely see a a, a a regional person from Manaus. they just be working in stores you know And that's pretty much what mostly influenced the 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 growth of the amazon as far as like you know the economics and things like that we still have like a lot of like japanese uh like yamaha mitsubishi they still that coca-cola actually has one of the factories there one of the only places in the world that actually produces the actual syrup of coca-cola so it's a pretty it's a pretty cool town um it's a big history uh within jujitsu because the fact that the gracie family Used to be between Belém and nows a lot because they did business. They're like a big business uh, family, and that's why maybe you know the start of Jiu-Jitsu is very is very connected to to like the north of Brazil. How
1: um, how did you get into Jiu-Jitsu?
0: Um, first, I, like every kid in Brazil. Now it's a different right. Oh, let's put him in Judo. So Judo is very common, and um, I even have my first gi. You know, it's probably like my my judo jacket is like this big, so now you imagine how big it was when I started. Like cashy age, like uh, six, five, yeah, six. maybe even less because I lived in Belém. Uh, so I would say five, yeah, four or five. Um, like every kid, you know, go to school, do judo. That's it, judo is a it's, a it's a it's a pretty much a national sport in Brazil uh, because of the Japanese um, influence that we have a lot in Brazil after the World war World War and things like that. Uh, that's how I started, and I always grappled um we always grapple as kids we always just headlock each other go to the ground little play fighting and stuff even when we fought you know as friends fighting we never really punch each other it was more like you know grub and rub so uh i think my brother my brother always wanted to do everything he was he's very competitive he did like he's five foot ten and he wants to be like the best basketball player in the world uh, he always played soccer he always played sport he always did martial arts and uh, he started doing jiu-jitsu maybe six months before me and uh, one day I was grappling with one of those kids and one of those kids just squeezed my head and I was upset about it it's like hey you're a little too weak you should try jiu-jitsu I'm like what the, what the heck is jiu-jitsu I was like, I'm, I'm doing it it's fun no, no 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 I was like like everything in life I mean, oh let's go over there oh let's go I don't care you know I'll, I'll go and then I'll make questions later
1: I, well dude I grew up with older brothers too so yeah. you're just like come on let's go
0: and then yeah, and then my mom bought me a gi, and I went in. The, the 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 mats were like two by two, literally. we were like ten kids, and I'm like, whoa, like that was pretty, like, wow. They're all looking at me, like, you know, I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then next thing I know, they put someone mounting on me. I was like, what what, what is this? I'm, cla- I felt I felt claustrophobic right away, like you know that agony and anxiety. Someone like restrain you from moving, the same way I was like, kind of like anxious i was like intrigued i was like well that's that's i don't know what that is but I it sounds like a little almost like pathetic that i love this this feeling of being restricted but i, I want to figure out how that goes but then the same token i learned something i was like oh wow you know i'm learning how to like do an americana like oh oh i can pull this guy this way so Fascinating fascinated me the fact that there was things I could do as a week, like we were talking about, like I haven't ever be a strong person. You know what I mean? I, I think, I don't think I've done even one push up until I started jujitsu. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just go. And then my, so you're going to do it. I'm like, yeah. Like I didn't really have an idea. Like, oh my God, I really want to do this. So, oh, I'll just go. And then uh, I just, it just happened to, to have the, the eye for it, you know, the talent for it. I think maybe for the fact that I take things a lot as it is, like minimal, you know, minimal uh, strength, maximum efficiency, right? That's the, the same jujitsu. And I was like, all right, I'm not a weak, I'm not a strong person. I would see like the other kids like kind of like a little jacked and I'm just like what's going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have nothing, but I could do things against him. I was like, oh, I, I think I get something out of this. So that's how, how I started, you know, and, and, and then i never stopped. Uh, I always look forward to that. I would go to school come back home, eat real quick, do my homework as fast as I could. And I trained pretty much four hours a day for the first eight years. Now that's kind of a lot for like, you know, like a kid because uh, I would come back from school about 12.30, 1.30, I'll be done eating. So I had like about two hours for my homework and then I'll go to the academy at 4.30. So we train for 4.30 to 6 and 6.30 to 8 every day. Sometimes Saturdays, that's pretty much was my whole day growing up as a kid. And then I, I fought my first tournament, and then I won my first tournament. Like, I'm talking about a that, like, came from the couch to win a, a state championship in the middle of people, you know. So that, that always intrigued me. But, again, that was just something that um, when I tell people, because now I'm retired, of course, like, oh, you're not going to miss something Because different than you, I have never been a competitive person. Like, different than my brother, he wanted to win everything. Oh, let's pay Dices. He wants to win. He will yeah. not stop until he beats you once. So uh,
1: Your brother sounds a lot like my older brother. Yeah. So the only problem was uh, my older brother, because he was like that, I was his fucking, uh, <laughs> like, everything he did, let's do this. Yeah. So I ended up developing it, too.
0: Yeah, you know, but, but in his case, because what happened with him, for example, our age gap was like about seven years. Uh-huh. So by the time I, you know, I, I grew up a little bit, he was into girls. And then uh-huh. by the time I grew up a little bit, he, he went to college in another state. Uhhuh. i i kept training you know what i mean of course he would come for vacations of course his little brother he would be just like hanging out his friends and you know which is fine you know what i mean but for me jujitsu has always been about the skill so for me i'd be like i'm just be the skillful person in rome i'm not the strongest i'm just gonna be maybe the smartest and the most skilled one and 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 that's what I, i i took my whole my whole career you know until i I found out about an orthodox way to like do conditioning. Like look, the first fitness or physical thing that I've done really was kettlebells. And I was 18 years old. I did a little bit of like lifting, but I didn't really get it because my brother didn't really do much either. Like it wasn't like, he wake up six in the morning, go to the gym, like, and, and we taught in the gym. It wasn't so like, oh, I'll, I'll lift it with you. And then it was like, just a little bit, you know? And also back in the day, we weren't really athletes. we were just fighters. Like if you look at the conditioning back yeah. in the day, let's let's run the, let's run the hill, do pull-ups, dips, and that's and about uh, it. And then
1: mat work. Yeah, like and then mat
0: work. You yeah. know, the, the best, the, the most thing we do will be like <laughs> climb a rope. You know what I mean? That's how we did it. So fitness, you know, like weightlifting wasn't even there at all, like the way it is today. Now it's condition. Now the baseline, like we're talking about Vito, like literally the baseline you just be a beast yeah. on, the, on the weight room. That's the literally you can do because when push comes to shove, you know what I mean? You need to be able to shove.
2: This episode of Power Athlete Radio is powered by Train Heroic, the most immersive strength training app experience on the market. We've built our online training
1: business by partnering with Train Heroic and helping us deliver all of our world-class training programs like Jack Street, Field Strong, and grindstone. To learn which Power Athlete training program best suits your goals, head to powerathletehq.com/training.
2: And if you're a coach looking to build a business with the best tech and training, go to trainheroicco forward slash hq well, there was always a
1: misconception that somehow lifting weights in training was going to take away from the fight game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the old boxers.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in a lot of sports. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, mm-hmm. uh,
1: baseball. But, I mean, even if you look at, like, the old boxers, there was this idea that, you know, oh, it's going to make you weak, it's going to make you mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you're, like, reading Jack Dempsey's training log, and the guy used to basically go to, uh, like, uh, demo sites and pick mm-hmm. up hammers mm-hmm. and break fucking rocks for five hours as and part of his conditioning for that or know. run or this. Well, so, the, I mean,
0: the thing I'm about jujitsu. Um, – which that's why I like the mentality that we were talking about it because everybody goes like this oh do this because this is good for Jiu Jitsu I'm like that's the number one thing oh you're gonna lift this way because you're a guard player. Uh,
1: I hear that this, and like instantly my fucking brain turns off
0: and, and it, it, it always it always amazes me how people that study would say such things like that because first jujitsu is so new Jiu Jitsu is, is so new what works for Jiu Jitsu as lifting well we're still developing in a way because I see guys are like, I don't know if they do that for s- social media, but they like, they're beasts on the gym and they can't fight for five minutes. And then they get in a bad position and all the bench press goes away, right? So like I said, how can I apply my baseline of strength and the physiology? Of course, I'm, I'm not going to go to the rabbit hole, like physiology and whatever, conditioning, uh, capacity. I'm not even going there. But if you cannot apply that into a skill, this is all going to go to shit. Yeah. You're going to tap in five minutes and have the steroids that you did. It's not going to work for shit. Yeah. So, um, and like, oh, because if you lift, you're going to be stiff. I'm like, well, like, if you lift and go straight into a fucking badass demanding martial art training, yeah, you're going to suffer because the way you apply your strength training, it's not matching what you're doing after, right? Well, I mean, that's where... Um
1: I think at least when we started talking, I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't, I didn't I don't claim to know anything about this mm-hmm. but I can improve upon their athleticism yeah. I can make them stronger I can make them more stable and able to move within mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. positions but at the end of the day they still have to do their training exactly. Yeah. and I have to get feedback to know if whether or not what we're doing is working yeah. and actually you paid a nice compliment where you're like I think they are more flexible mm-hmm. and they're stronger in the end ranges than they've ever been Well, yeah. And, and to me that was like we knew exactly what the direction but I also train people like athletes I don't mm-hmm. train them mm-hmm. for their sport mm-hmm. I, I look at it like if I can make you a stronger better mm-hmm. version and a more athletic version yeah, then you should be able to port it over to what you're using it. Oh, well, yeah
0: for me like the That's why it's, it's called power athlete,
1: not power jiu-jitsu. Or yeah. power football or anything Yeah, yeah.
0: for me if you were like the thing likes about tendon strength work capacity and big lungs, right? I'm not just talking in my very um, beginner Mindset my tendons they need to be strong that I can withstand the torque, you know, because is a lot of that like weird little torque yeah, I need mean, my muscles that I can grab this this yogi for 10 minutes and my blood flow is there so I don't build as elective. Now, If I can't do this in jiu-jitsu, it's over.
1: Well, I mean, that's being strong with the isometric contractions. Yeah. So the problem is, and this is something I was rapping with your guy, um, the dude at the bar, uh, there's this huge focus on eccentric, concentric. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, all I've seen from these mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. is they're really strong in different positions of isometric contractions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the training has to... Somehow fit into that. Moment. Oh yeah, and
0: I, and I and I believe you have, especially like as far as Jitsu, you need to kind of work what you what your style is. My style is very flowy, right? I'm barely like really like squeezing isometric so much because my Jitsu is very precise. So because I don't have that stimulus on the the grappling, I have to find that stimulus somewhere else because my body needs to. Okay, yeah. if you need it, it's there your body is ready for that your blood flow your your cells they, they're ready for this even though maybe your style doesn't do that but you need to do it and sometimes i'll do it in training just to fuck around with it like sometimes i'll i'll be like you know try to pass vitro's guard and i know there is a flowy way to do it but sometimes you know what? i'm just gonna grab the shit out of it and i'm gonna make this isometric strength for like 30 seconds just so now my body goes here. Now my technique has to go there, and let me play with this. Yeah. So I, I always do that stuff. Like the same thing as I let people like pass my guard, because now I have to bring that technique, or I have to push, and I have to shove, and I have to do things like that. So, like I said, I think what 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 I observe a lot of like conditioning coaches for jiu jitsu, it's the ego. Like they wanna they wanna tell that okay, now I have the right way to do it. Oh, now I this is the the right way you should be doing it. I'm like, that's no right or wrong. Just make the guy an athlete, that he can withstand the load that he needs to do on the mat, all right? Sometimes, you know, how much you need to rest. Oh, okay. And that's where, you know, that thing the communication comes very big with it. Okay, what were we doing? I remember when I started to do with Steve Maxwell, and Steve Maxwell, um, you know, really helped me in so many things. I remember some some days... You do ask, hey, what are you doing today? I say, oh, today is just a light day. And then I would do kettlebells and all this i will be like, fuck, I'm dead. Right? And some days I'll be like, I wanna do more. I say, no, you do more on the mat. Like, but make sure when you're there, you fucking do it. But now you cannot be the type of guy like, okay, I'm holding on your your, your, your conditioning, strengthening, training, whatever there was. So now you don't hold on there. So all you're doing today, you're wrestling, you grab that leg, and you fucking squeeze the shit until the, 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 it goes. So, I think it plays a lot with that. And like I said, I have never been the most athletic guy, guys, but uh, I didn't get tired. And I see, like, a lot of guys, like, jacked on the muscles, like, just, like, <gasps> having heart attacks. And I'm like, really, bro? You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But I was ready. You know what I mean? That's the thing the thing that I have always, you know, even though maybe I wasn't the most athletic, but I do I do connect it to the right people that really made my body, be ready for that. Every time I lost was because, you know, it wasn't my day to win. Was that because, oh, my God. Of course, there's always, you know, I got a little tired, you know. My brothers say, like, when you get tired, you get dumb. You know, it, it happens. What is it?
1: Uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Yeah,
0: you know so what I mean? So well that, that, I mean,
1: that, that was even something when, um, when the guys started coming over in training, um, and they had just come off of the ADCC training deal. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at, like, even just some of the basic capacity stuff they did was super deficient. Mm-hmm. And I know Victor was a big worry for him was that he was gonna gas. Mm-hmm. And I promised him, I'm like, yo man, we're done on the other side of this, you're never gonna fucking gas ever mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. because we're gonna suffer here and we yeah. know how to do it. Exactly,
0: yeah. You know, but like I said, but he needs to adapt his jujitsu a little bit to that too, what he needs, because he's gonna need to squeeze the fuck out of some people eventually. And he needs to be able to squeeze the people for 30 minutes, Yeah, you know, which is the fight we're looking for and say, look, you need to now to bring a little bit in jiu-jitsu to use some of the capacity as well you know what i mean that's why I like you know like my style like you, you 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 see strength but i don't feel that i'm going over a little bit so sometimes i force myself into a situation that requires me to use that strength load in jiu even though that's not my game at all
1: yeah no you're super uh anytime i've ever seen you or we've ever rolled you're very uh, calm like i don't feel like you're working very like mm-hmm. at least the appearance of not working very hard the hannibal actors. you know so that's you know. the uh side survival yeah like i'm just gonna hang out in this position yeah
0: yeah you know what i mean but but it's beautiful it's so intriguing uh there's so much to grow and um you know like i said like i remember when we were talking and, and the way the vision that you have the way you you motivate them the way you think about it right because i've been around you know a lot of people like from the early ages of jujitsu conditioning um, and I always felt like there's no such thing as jiu-jitsu conditioning. Like, okay, maybe you can, like, okay, I'm deficient on this strength, right? You, I'm deficient on this. Like, okay, my, my back's not that strong. Okay, what, what, what things can we do to make your back stronger, right? Like, But again, but if you can't stand up in guard with proper technique, you can be the strongest man in the world. You're going to pick me up once. The time you pick me up twice is not the same. So I think that's what's the beautiful part about, like, being an extremely great athlete and also combine it with the technique?
1: Well, I mean the, uh, I think where a lot of people fuck this thing up is they don't look at it from like, um, I mean, we've talked about this idea of a model. There is athleticism and you can develop athleticism, mm-hmm. but there's other components. I mean, speed, strength. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, something that when we started training, I kind of dug into what everybody else was doing mm-hmm. just to kind of look and say, all right, there's all these people that are claiming strength, conditioning, training, mm-hmm. get you ready for jujitsu. And uh, I did not see a single thing that was unique in any way mm-hmm. it was just everybody was parroting the same shit oh. uh they weren't talking about rotation there was a uh, very little discussion of like balancing bilateral unilateral movements i mean planes of motion and i mean think about you're on your back I mean, there are so many different planes of motion that happen within just a rolling session. I'm like, dude, yeah. we've hit every single one. And yet nobody's ever talking about how to necessarily break these into pieces and then reassemble. Mm-hmm. And um, and even the conditioning stuff was really garbage. So mm. I just think it's a lot of people, like probably one guy had an idea and everybody else just parrots what happens mm-hmm. in normal certain condition.
0: Yeah, I think I think it goes also with the with the fitne- The way fitness is packed. Oh, this is the new thing now. This yeah. is the new thing now. I'm like, bro, you know what? Push, pull, lift, squat, hinge. It, it's always going to be the same. know, just Jiu-Jitsu. The Jiu-Jitsu, there's a level of the goals. It's not this bullshit. It's where the fundamental is. You know what I mean? It's a battle of fundamentals. Like uh, like when I think, for example, Vitor versus Gordon, it's like they're going to have to match in fundamentals. That have, Because, you know, Gordon's game is very fundamental. He doesn't do anything out of the ordinary because I've seen Roger see myself you know and i'm seeing my brother so i see a lot of us with a be very a lot of things in, in common right because we're very precise we look like we don't move much right this is fundamental it's about dealing with the little the little gaps that are given to you right like the game of ventures right and i think that has to be matched and then whatever greatness vitor has is going to be the up up to that right so i think in the end being an athlete is a good hinge, of course. We can talk about all the things like, is the way your body hinges, is the way you you're able to push, the way you're able to pull, which is is fundamental of weightlifting, like we were talking about. So, like when you guys start, sorry, I'm just gonna work on the foundation, how they can pull something off the ground, how they can push something, how they can boom, and then later on you can do like you know jumping here, throwing this, and then you go more into specific techniques. So like, okay, let me use that push strength to throw a, a ball, like you guys were doing like strength 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 man the other day, right?
1: Oh uh, yeah, we did strong man on Friday. Right.
0: Yeah, you, you're not supposed to grab an atlas ball if you didn't work your deadlifts first, yeah. you know, I would, I would imagine because it's safer, you know, get your body prepared and now you can grab this uneven fucking piece of thing and throw over your shoulder, you know what I mean? If you're not ready, if, if your fundamental is not there, you're going to throw like that, you're going to break your back.
1: Well, the, the best part is, is we usually start it with an axle bar deadlift, so mm-hmm. I have this like two inch bar. Uh-huh. And the great thing about the axle bar is, if your grip isn't strong, you can't pull it. No, nah. so yeah, it, I've I mean, done that before. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fucking sucks, awesome, yeah. and it just torches your grip, oh and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden, the there's like uh, all this like ranging. weird stuff where yeah. they're like moving this way. It was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, being able to use the D balls and the med balls and uh, the sandbags because mm-hmm. they're so heavy, hard, and awkward, mm-hmm. and then being mm-hmm. able to work on extension. And but that. it's it's uh, it really comes down to the biggest thing, which I found is that it's the strength in the hands. Yeah, like the one thing that I've just observed, and I wouldn't know it unless I started doing jujitsu, is the strength in the hands, and more the isometric contraction of holding mm-hmm. this position mm-hmm. and then the efficiency of like, you know, I can hold this way, but if all of a sudden if I pin mm-hmm. my elbow in that mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. one and I can hold them way stronger. So yeah, then that. basically putting them in these positions and then forcing isometric mm-hmm. contractions. What?
2: It is a good balance, John. It's important that you really got into the sport because then you know where your strengths lie and you're able to feel and identify where the weaknesses are. Yeah. So at the same point, those are now our athlete strengths where you found weaknesses within the grip. But now we've, through our experience, identify their weaknesses Mm -hmm. in the the fundamental movement, Mm -hmm. squat, step, lunge. So we're aiming to rise everything. Well,
1: we've always said it, like, um, you know, like, um, and uh, I'm sure in jiu-jitsu it's similar, but um, I don't, coaches that don't do neural programming like mm-hmm. We run into coaches all the time that write programs and like work with athletes, but they never do their own stuff. It's mm-hmm. like a chef that doesn't eat their own cooking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a uh, big thing for me, and if you remember from the original CrossFit Football, when we did the programming deal, I would ask people, have you done this? Would you do this? How mm-hmm. long does this take? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you have to know it. Oh, yeah. So when they came to train... Uh, and, you know, when we started rapping, I was like, I, I have to learn this stuff. I have mm-hmm. to go do it. One, because I have to understand the demand. And it's something I don't know. So I have mm. to humble myself to learn it. Well, and, I think And, dude, we, we see this all the time, whether it be um, – and uh, I did hear – I, I me mean, you could probably talk a lot better. But at other places – not Six Blades um, – other jujitsu places, the instructors don't roll. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a – mm-hmm. I talked to a guy, and he's like, yeah, the entire time I was there, I never once saw the instructor roll. Mm-hmm. And, like – well,
0: the, the way I see things like that like jiu-jitsu weightlifting for example how all of this theory was creating, created to practice right oh that's how I push something oh if my elbow go this way wasn't in a book right but now you have this line of ideas that people learn on the books because it was said for someone else but they never tested. it you know what I mean that's exactly the same thing like if someone teaches me something okay let me try it let me see if this is what's going to let, let me feel it uh, let me become it, you know what I mean. So then and therefore I understand, because like you can just like read what everyone say, repackage and say it, and we're gonna accept it because you are, you know, uh, a specialist in your field. But I'm like, you know what? That's intriguing. I'm gonna learn that. Let me see if w- w- my knowledge represents what I'm saying. Otherwise, it's just bullshit. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that just know. Oh yeah, Vo Max. Oh yeah, said, bro. Do you know what is a massive human putting the shoulder right in your face when you can't <laughs> breathe? That's all gonna go to shit. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's not even about the physical aspect. It's what bringing those elements of you know the fitness or whatever, which is like is almost like a safe way to kill someone. Meaning like, you know, when jiu is different, you tap, right? But with, with with conditioning, you have to pick the shit up. You know what I mean? There's no tapping on it, right? So I think that's that's what it is, you know. Like you, you need to train, you need to enjoy what you're doing, you need to experimenting, you know. Especially with Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu is, is, a, is a constant evolving being. You know what I mean? That now this is what's working more. This all working less. But going back to what we're talking about, the fundamental, the baseline is always the same. If you can't escape, if you can't stay on top, if you can't defend yourself, you, you are, everything you do goes to shit.
1: So what? Um Um, you know, like obviously being a novice and all this, I mean, driving down the street, I see Gracie Barra, I see Gracie Humata, I see Mm -hmm. Six Blades, I see Mm -hmm. this. I mean, I I, like everywhere I go and I don't want to say it's like CrossFit, Mm -hmm. but it kind of similar is, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can walk into every CrossFit gym Mm -hmm. and everyone is going to be completely different based upon Mm -hmm. the guy that owns it or the people Mm -hmm. that are coaching Mm -hmm. what it looks like. I mean, shit, we've been to CrossFit gyms that were pure CrossFit gyms, went to other ones that were like strongman powerlifting gyms and Mm -hmm. they, they still have the same name. So if people are interested in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. like, how do they know they're in the right place?
0: Well, um, like, like I was saying, like, I think it, it all depends on your feeling, right? Like, I don't think at this point, as uh, a criticism, you, you can know. I think you just have to go in and feel it, right? It, 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 it varies so much because it varies from the leader, right? Like, like what I believe, all right? Like my jiu-jitsu is not competition-based, for example, right? And that's why sometimes it takes a little longer for you to like, perform well in my style because I'm worried about the way you protect yourself. I'm worried about the way you move. You know what I mean? I could literally teach you two or three things that will let you grapple anyone, right? Oh, you can win that, right? But what happens when that goes away? Yeah. Where's the fundamentals, right? That's sometimes like, like right now, for example, we have a group of green belts that I can see. Oh, shit, it's happening. Right? I can see they have a direction, now they, they grab it, and it's harder to do things on them, but it took a minute to, for them to get it, right? Uh, why do you give adults green belts? Well, green belt... I it, thought that was a kid's belt. Um, it, it is a kid's belt, uh, like, by default, right? Uh, first, I love the green belt. It's, it's a story on it. It's a homage of the Amazon, right? Uh, like, there's people that do give, like, yellow belts to adults instead of giving stripes, right? So... Um, there's, a, there's a legend in Manaus. If you walk in a room and you see a green belt in a dirty gi, you opt for a good time. <laughs> Meaning those green belts are, like, badasses, right? I don't remember so much because this is a th- thing where, like, the kind of the rule change. So they have a thing, like, if uh, you were green belt, you, uh, if you were juvenile green belt, you could skip the blue belt. So there was this whole, like like, legend and myth about the green belt. So we brought it back. Mm-hmm. So the green belt is the key that kid like okay, I know he can train. I know he's not gonna quit because he got smashed. Mm-hmm. Right. So Green Belt's more like for us we have like a twelve week program where they go through it, you know, so I see how many classes they do. I say, okay, this kid is not gonna be a spaz idiot. Or 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 he knows what he's doing. He can't actually handle training, like actual like free rolling, right? That's most most likely. So it's an in-house belt, mm-hmm. but when they go compete, they still compete go as white, white belt. belts. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, just a homage for 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 the roots. You know, I remember I was a green belt, and I'm like, oh shit. You know, if you go to Manaus, you see a green belt. Don't take it easy, especially if he's a juvenile. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean? because he probably has a lot of good skills. That's a good story. Yeah, like yeah. It.
1: Yeah, no, because I I had never. Uh, um, you know, obviously it's what like white and blue. Uh, yeah, you for know, adults. S- yeah. Yeah, for adults. Yeah, and some
0: people like. There's always people that are like, oh, you know, like they are talking about the other day, like, oh, what side the, 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 the tag should be. Like Who cares less what side the tag, like the, the, the stripes, what side they are. I'm like, I like minor rights just because it became a thing for me. So I, I always tie my belt. But like some people go left, right, they don't care. So, oh, you know, they're giving kids better for adults. I'm like, do you even know why? You know what I mean? Like people just want to like, you know, say things and uh, – like I said, even the even the IBJJF, which is our, the federation that, you know, pretty much that we go under. That there are things they do as far as like their, the way to control the belt system. I don't agree. But am I going to be bitching about it? No. I'll say, look, if you want to compete at that level, yeah. You know, you don't have to compete to be a black belt. You know what I mean? You have. I think there's way more things besides being a tough person on the mat than... Than than that, you know, for like if you look at go back to like Ellie Gracie, right, the the guy that you know, one of the responsible for the modernization of jujitsu, his belt concept there's not to do technique. They're talking about is this guy courageous, is he disciplined? It was all moral aspects more than technical aspects. So
1: they got belts based upon moral.
0: No, I, I mean like, not not based upon moral, of course they had technique, of course, but like a lot of things like, I would not give a belt to an asshole. Well, at least unless I give them the belt, they become assholes, right? Yeah. Some people like, mm. You got, mm, you're not really a, a six blades yet. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll hold you up a little bit. I
1: I heard a st- I heard a legend about your brother. I think it was from Doctor Tom that uh, mm. um, there was some dude that was a black belt and like your brother challenged him to do like he had to do hundred push ups uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. And he said if he didn't, he was gonna he had to fight him after. And if he lost, he didn't get he, your brother was gonna take <laughs> his black belt. Like, Doctor Tom like told me some wacky well, stories. Well,
0: Salo always, always the thing about Salo. He's the type of guy that's gonna fight a button to push and he will. Right, so he I was done it we we had like couple people that they come to our place and they'd be like I don't I don't think I deserve this belt right and, and that was like two people in my host my whole teaching career um, my teaching life I had two guys that they said do not please I don't want to come with my belt here I want to go down the belt like nobody knows me so nobody gonna pay attention and so that was like two guys that did that um. Like, even, like, when they come to my school, they people oh, I'm a blue belt. Like, should I go back? Like, they always, like, kind of, like, do that just because maybe who I am or, oh, I'm a champion. They expect, like, I said, look, doesn't matter what belt you are, I'll make your feet on the belt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That That's that's how it is. It should, like, some guys, I really look at them like, what are you doing? Like, there, there, there are things on my eyes that I think they should know or they should be aware of, at least, uh, that some are not. Uh, but, like I said, I say, Whatever you are, stay as you are. It may take a little longer. It's okay. There's people that spend 10 years in each belt. You know what I mean? I just gave a guy a, a black belt. He was a brown belt for 17 years.
1: Wow.
0: You know what I mean? Because he, he, he trains every day, but he f- never felt he had the, someone that he could call them their sensei. He said, "No, people just want to give him the belt like out of pity." But he'd been training with us for a long time. But he was like under another guy for a little bit, and then came back to us. And I say, "Hey," and I talk to his brother. Hey, I feel comfortable too. You know, I think Sean is the right guy for me because he knows me. You know what I mean? I know the guy. I train with him. You know what I mean? Of course, some guys, like, you know, you go against them. You may beat them. But I can see, like, okay, they know jiu-jitsu. Maybe they're just not that competitive or maybe they keep it too playful. You know what I mean? There's always that perspective. You know, and I think that's how it is. And especially, like, for example, when I moved to Austin, I told a lot of like, the higher ranks, I'm like, look, like, it's not that you were starting all over, but I don't know you. So I need at least... How does that work? So, like, you
1: moved. I mean, obviously, you were in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, University of Jiu-Jitsu, uh-huh. and then you pulled the ripcord
0: and came out to Austin. Uh-huh, yes. So, um, I I do say I just paid bills in California, which was so stupid because I was traveling so much. You know, I was traveled. Um, you know, uh, I I would be teaching, but my main thing was was develop consulting for all the schools and. You know, I still do so many seminars. Like if I if I wanted, I would literally spend every single weekend in somewhere else. Like even like when I thought about moving when COVID, I said maybe I should just go like to Costa Rica, or Switzerland, and just keep doing what I do. So I pay no taxes, and I have zero bills, and I, uh, I can do anytime that. Anytime
1: you want to move to Costa Rica, I will fucking move there. All right, let's go, uh, cool. dude. I, I told my wife we we went there this summer. Uh, uh-huh. We went down on like uh, the peninsula where. Um, like, what is it? Uh, Bunzineo Beach and mm-hmm. that whole area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told my wife, I'm like, it's right in the blue zone. Uh-huh. Like, the food was great. Everything uh-huh. was great. And I was like, man, if, uh, if there was ever a place that I would move like this, I would gladly move to Costa Rica. Yeah, because like in
0: a like, um, you know, I, I have my online stuff, you know, especially now online is very big. Isn't it? And I'm a guy that I have everything I, I like in life. You know what I mean? Making more money now just going to make me giving people more opportunities. So yeah, and then I was in San Diego and then COVID hit and then um, my brother moved back to Brazil and I was like- Did your
1: brother move because of COVID?
0: No, he just wanted different challenges. Uh, he's a, he's a, he, he graduated in law school and he never practiced law. And uh, like I said, he's doing Jiu Jitsu for so long, he burned out a little bit. He's like, yeah, you know, and he wanted to be close to my dad. Mm-hmm. So, he's a lawyer now. He's working. He's my brother's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. My dad's a lawyer. He's, he's having, a lawyer, too. He's having fun with it. You nice. know what I mean? He trains, but not like... I, I just think, like, he just burned out. Like, I, mean, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You, know, you, you could do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, then I moved here because I, I had a plan to move from California for a long time. You know what I mean? It wasn't because of really COVID. You know, I was already planning there for a long time because, like, I like the beach. Yeah. But, like, i rather save money so I can go to the beach and stay in a nice hotel from the beach for, like, a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that, that's my threshold. You know, and I think our, our my cycle there was done. And then, um, actually, when COVID hit, I, for the first time in my whole life, I planned seven months ahead. So I had, like, seven months. Like, I bought all my tickets. I was supposed to go to India for two weeks and go see b- the Buddha. Place. I had all this thing organized, like, almost $6,000 worth in in tickets bought already, COVID hit. Now, like I'm calling the companies, all this bullshits happen. I say, man, I was supposed to save all that money to come back and move. So I was supposed to move in 2021, right? And I was supposed to go to Brazil and I want to go to carnival, have some fun, and then move. That was my in- initial plan as far as timeline. So then COVID hit, I'm like, you know what? It could be dangerous, but I think the opportunity is there because there's probably a lot of business that want to like a lot of places that want to like, so I kind of like, it's bad, but I can use a bad situation in my benefit, right? Uh, that's when I found the place and the, it was available and I was looking off the guy owns the beauty is a private property It's not like owned by a company. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I have a problem with the building, I talk to the owner and all that. The biggest issue was the way the city de- dealt with it. Like everything was so delayed. And of course, now you have Apple, Tesla, and I have all these companies moving in. And then of course, uh, Shiprock was like $2. Now it's $10. So I, that was the part that I didn't expect to happen. But what yeah. I think in the end, everything worked well. The Academy is beautiful. Everything like uh, even we had our first anniversary Saturday. Uh, well, the anniversary is actually January 10th, but I was on the cruise. I, and I mean, usually pretty good words. I was like, you know what, guys? It is what it is, you know what I mean? But it was beautiful. Yeah, it was you great. Know, just I like
1: mean, there, there were a few, I mean, a couple hundred people there, I Oh, thought. yeah, just the, com,
0: just the community. The, the gym is still not 100% done. There's still, like, the final details and touches, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, you know, putting pictures. I think now it's time to give the place a little bit of, like, soul, right? Meaning, like, the, people know the history. There's not even one single picture of me in there. Like, okay, who's this champion that has nothing, you know? So, I, so like, building, like, you know, you put, like, you know, people that I appreciate and things like that. That's the only thing missing. But, uh, but yeah, I love Austin. I'm really appreciated to the lifestyle of Texas, you know? It reminds a lot of my hometown, There's a lot of green around, a lot of little rivers, you know? I love food. I love the people. You know, people just want to train and, and have fun with it. And, and I really appreciate the, the way the community welcomed me, and the way they put me as a responsibility as well, you know, because everybody talks about how Austin is this jujitsu capital, whatever, but that's not, like, the glue, right? So I'm able to bring different schools together that do, like, traditional jujitsu, like, you know, with the gi and all that. Besides the marketing, the shit is always the martial the, the, the well, art yeah, I mean, aspect. Is it, uh,
1: like, um, uh, Gordon's New Wave and the B-team? I mean, they're all... Yeah, all they're all here. Well, yeah. they're, but they're all no-gi guys, right?
0: Yeah, yeah they, 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 they do know they game and that's that's what they do it's fine um you know are
2: they training centers or schools you know.
0: uh, I, I think um, I don't know, know their, I don't know their model like, and they go back to what we're talking about like oh what what are you gonna feel like for example new wave it trains out of Roca which we trained there before and it's just their team right and I think they teach our hands right so there's a I think they just stay there for their team to have classes and stuff, but I don't think they're like a, bus- a school business model.
2: Yeah, they're probably like, like they academy. probably bring people. The academy in. is more
0: appropriate word. Uh,
2: no, I don't. I don't think it's not even academy. Guys. No, for no, me, I, mean, yeah.
0: I call it a dojo. It's a school. Okay. For me, it's a school. Yeah, but you for know. those guys, it's um,
1: uh, it's like a training hall. Yeah, like uh, like you have to be invited in. It's not like you could knock on the door and say, "Hey, can I pay your monthly?" It's probably just invitation.
0: Like I think when B team started, they start. Okay, we're recruiting black belts. We're recruiting brown belts. You know, if you look at their, I don't know, maybe just babbling, but I don't even know if they have like a beginner class. You know, an intro class. So I don't think they're actually. I think they're they're a sports team at this point. If you put it this way. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No problem.
2: Uh, I'm tracking on that differentiation. I want to spend a little time with you as a teacher. So mm-hmm. when was your first experience teaching others? And now how have you embraced that role now that you're not an athlete?
0: Um, That's funny because once I retired, I thought to myself, was I ever even an athlete? I don't think I have ever been a 100% an athlete.
1: Um, well, you know what's funny is when you retired, I bought him a b- bottle of booze because I remember when I retired, it was like a fucking changing of my life. And he was like, ah. Oh, it was, like, uh, really nonchalant because I knew it was hard for me. And I was like, oh, shit, this dude just retired, professional deal. So I was like, hey, man, here's a fucking bottle of tequila. Congratulations. And he's like, uh, I don't know if I was ever an athlete. I'm like, what do you mean?
0: Yeah. You know? So the mini, like, the thing is, like, when I started Jiu-Jitsu, like, first Jiu-Jitsu was not what it is today, right? Like, we did, like, my generation. Everything that's happening right now, I feel that I put my freaking soul in it so people can benefit from it somehow. Like... um, when I was invited to tournaments, I always put my value up there. I knew I would bring revenue. So I always had that, that mentality to like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna position myself a certain way. That's how I always did, right? But uh, you know, I started Jiu-Jitsu just as a fun thing to do. Of course, I won tournaments. I, you know, I did Worlds as a, as a teenager uh, and stuff like that. And then I moved to Rio to go to law school. So when I moved to Rio, I moved to Rio to go to college. That was my goal, and I always did jiu-jitsu because I liked it. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is my life. You know, that's what I'm gonna do. Because thank God, my family, you know, had the, the the ability to put me to college and things like that. And in Brazil, you go to college. It's not like, for example, I'll be very good at football so I can go to college through football and maybe do something with that as far as professionally football goes. I'm just saying what my my understanding is. Well, worse can happen. I have a degree now. I can have the knowledge within that degree that I am. But in Brazil, there isn't such things like that, like soccer, all the sports, there are just clubs around schools. Like You don't have a guy, oh, this guy graduated from so-and-so high school, Now he's a beast. No, there isn't such such things like like that. So uh, when I moved, that's when I found out, really, my brother role as far as like having a school, what he was doing. So when I was a brown belt, he's like, hey, I'm going to do some seminars. Do you want to come with me? That was the first time I had a chance to teach, mm-hmm. not just teach, but be tested. Because we did like eight hours of private today with like 20 different people. My brother would make me like just lay down and I'd then smash you. Like that was, that was pretty brutal. Like literally it was mentally brutal. I was 18 years old as a brown belt. That was the first time I had a chance to teach. You know, a little broken English, um, but I did it. We did it. And I observed him a lot. The way he was a showman. I was like, "Whoa, teaching is like a show, right? You can like, you can like, be very skillful, but it's fun. Like, they they know how I fuck with everybody when I'm teaching, right? And I'm like, like, are you doing this? Like, I always like, I do this these things where like I play little roles, I tell little stories because I always think it's fun, right? Um, maybe I should just be very technical and not waste that energy. Uh,
1: you know what? Like Engaging. we taught, we taught. Uh, I taught hundreds of seminars, Chris as well, and for your own mental mm-hmm. health, you have to make it fun. Yeah, yeah. You have to make it somewhat edgy and diss and you got to like be able yeah, to tell yeah. stories, whatever. Yeah, Cause, Cause if not, if you just go in there and it's fucking like, then all of a sudden you can't tell which day is different. And more yeah. importantly, you lose your passion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I started, you know? And then, um, and then there was a brown bear We did seminars and i kept traveling and then we hit europe and uh that was pretty interesting. the way my brother did like there's so, so many my seminar the seminars are always fun stories we would, at that time now it's very hard right i'm older and then people are better of course like we would grapple everybody if you go to a seminar there's 30 people we roll with 30 people i remember first time which also gave me like whoa my brother thinks i can do this that was his first like fuck up with my mind because we're the first seminar there's like 30 people in the room couple big dudes right I said man this guy's strong like you know what I mean for me like the first thing I impressed me about Americans everyone is fucking strong like those guys are strong like what the fuck like in Brazil like you're strong but like so I remember the first time he did, we just, okay, guys, uh, go grab some water, go on the wall, and um, me and my brother are gonna kneel here. So you come with me, you come here, and then when we tap you, you go to the other side, and then when everybody's that side, just go back and switch. And I'm like, 28 <laughs> people. Do you expect me to tap 28 people? like And I'm like, nervous. I'm like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, literally, that's why I'm like thinking to myself the first time I was he didn't even warn me. Like, hey, bro, by the way. And my brother's like that. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll, like, he'll put you on the spot without telling you. So I'm like, holy shit, man. Of course, the first guy that comes is this big freaking guy. But of course, they just like mow you. I was like, okay. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. You know, the first time I felt like, oh fuck, there's like 23 more people. You know what I mean? And they just, I think that they, they gets to a point just becoming very spiritual. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I do, try to be precise, not losing positions. And I was like, well, and I think that really helped my jiu a lot because I was precise. So therefore, I learned how to get into a position and don't lose the position because I have to be efficient. I can't be like, pass your guard, and then you good. it can't be that. Like, if you want to tap 28 people in that, within an hour, which is about two minutes a person, um, you need to be precise. And I think that really helped me a lot. And then, uh, you know, Going back to Brazil and just understanding how law worked, how the real world worked, I was like, it's a lot of fucking lying and pretending. You know what I mean? Like a little not saying anything bad about lawyers, but like I don't think I can get a guy that rape a girl and for me to defend him, this is against my my soul, you know. So um couple years after that, a friend of ours in Toledo goes like, hey, you know, um, I have my school. I kind of like I'm looking for an instructor. No, 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 no. i say, okay, I'll go. I'll test it out. You know what I mean? I, I can speak English. I can do this. And then that's how it started, you know? And I remember the first time that I lined them up and I made them around like, whoa, they're, they're doing everything I say. Jump. They're jumping. <laughs> <laughs> High knees are like, whoa. Well, he was in Toledo,
1: Ohio. Power. <laughs> yeah, you know
0: what I mean? That was pretty interesting, you know? What and a I, and terrible that, fucking and place to land. Oh, and, okay. that, and that's how it started, you know? Like... The place can be there but the people are amazing, you know, they really help me so much. They just love training, they they embrace it. And for me it was very important too to go to a place like Ohio because I wasn't exposed to like the the, 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 the like the Latino culture, like whatever, like my English would probably very shitty. I would just like looking for girls versus work. So, you know, I just literally just lived, ate and trained. That's all I did and and I was able to speak a lot of the English. And that's how I started, you know. And then, and then I had to make a decision to go back to school or, or stay with jiu-jitsu. And I was glad that I chose jiu-jitsu. You know, I so said, you know what? I just have to be me. Who is certain, you know, of course, not everybody is ready for my true self. So, yeah, I just I just, I just rather express myself honestly than I have to, like, write a book and figure out ways to defend pedophiles. So, that, that was an easy choice for me. And here we are.
1: So where did you go uh, after Toledo? Where'd you go?
0: After Toledo, uh, I moved to San Diego. So that was an interesting story. So, and, and in between that, I went to Brazil because I had an infection on my leg. So I came back to Brazil for a year. To, you know, and and I, that's the year that I end up like winning everything. And I said I'm sitting in Brazil, like, you know, a world championship in my neck. I'm like, what am I gonna do? So I'll go back to America. So that's when I go back and then I met a lawyer. And then uh, we started to get the, the green card deal, da, 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 and I stayed. And then I moved. Some, and then we met Lucas Battles. He had a judo club, and he wanted to put jiu-jitsu in the club. And that's why he was moving to where the the, the former University of Jitsu was. He's like, hey, I'm looking for a jiu-jitsu teacher. I heard the guys are moving because at that time there was no internet. They were like just gossip what forums. What year was this? 2007. 2007. Yeah. So uh, and I had a girlfriend in, in San Diego at the time. And then uh, in the 2006, I met him, we talked, I saw the place, I loved it. I said, what do you think? I said, what oh, I think about this? And then 2007. What
1: was it at? Uh, was it a little,
0: uh, little Italy? Point Loma. Point Loma. Point Loma. Okay. Right in front of the Target. You know where the sports arena yeah. is? It's right there. There's a, there's a complex. Yeah, my where Soma is. Yeah, my so. brother went
1: to law, uh, to law school at, uh-huh. um, down in San Diego. So we yeah. spent a ton of time
0: down. Yeah, so that's where I went there. And then in San Diego, and then um, I moved to LA for three years within that process. Uh, with with my my wife at the time, and then um, and then my mom got sick, and I moved back to Brazil. And then we, of course, I broke up with my ex, and then I moved back to Brazil to build my mom. And then she passed, and then I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, what? I'll just come back. And then I came back again to San Diego, and then I stayed there for a couple of years. But I still just traveling so much. That was a point of like, so you know, it's, it's useless for me to even have an apartment. So I was like making my thing. I said, look, I'm staying in my apartment three months out of the year, mind just Airbnb things, you know, so that. I put all my stuff in storage, leave off my luggage uh, for a while, you know, and then, uh, yeah, and then when I decided, like, okay, now I'm going to settle somewhere, go to Texas, I think this is a good place, and everybody was talking about, hey, you know, Texas is cool, it's, it fits our personality, Austin is kind of like, you know, Texas, but it also is fun, and it's like, I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I came here, and I saw the place, started to study about it, about, like, you know, the, the growth. But at the time, I didn't even know, like, Tesla, all the shit was moving here. I just knew it was a young city that, you know, that was in Texas, that was, like, fun. And, and I said, like, okay, it looks, looks good. Dallas, too big. I don't think I'm a big metropolis guy. Um, San Antonio, I had a friend there, and I didn't really got it. San Antonio, Houston, I have guys there, and I never really like Houston. And I'm like, whoa, I like it here. And we go, there's green all over, there's a lake. So there's, like, stuff that I like that I appreciate. Well, there's a
1: reason the people from California come to Texas and they come to Austin like mm. it, because it's kind of similar. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. driving up, I mean, think about driving up the coast on PCH up mm-hmm. to like Orange mm-hmm. County mm-hmm. or, you know, driving even farther up. And I mean, it feels like I'm driving around Southern
0: California. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, that's what I loved about it, you know? And then, yeah, I was lucky and uh, I was right, on the right place at the right time. And it was interesting because I, I moved and it's happened to San Diego too, because when I got to San Diego, there was nobody there. And then two years later, there's everybody there. And then I moved here, I, sat, I set a foot here. Uh, 10 days later, I hear, you know, John Donahue and I've moved to Austin. They post like a Texas flag. I said, oh, we're moved to Austin. I was like, oh shit, it's happening again. You know, and then a week later, Joe Rogan, yeah, fuck Texas, you know, I'm gonna go to Texas and save some money from Spotify, whatever this deal was, you know, and of course Yawas he is here because Onnit is here, and I said, supposed to be the that squad now it's b team and e-wave and there's more people moving but i think like besides them nobody really moves like people talk about like how's the new mecca it is because you know everything's happening flow grappling and mm-hmm. all that stuff you know i'm here Vitor's here so i think that's the reason you know but uh but now you see i think texas is actually becoming big because now you have like dream art in houston and then Draculino is here. Um, Matheus Gabriel, a couple of really good guys, are in Texas now. So I think Texas itself—it's—it's it's, it's growing as a as a as a mecca of Jushi. it's not just Austin.
1: Well, the um, a bunch of guys that were at your event on Saturday are all up in the Dallas area. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like most of them.
0: Yeah, like a Thiago is uh, came from Brazil. So Fort Worth, uh, and uh, in Dallas area, Keller is the new six places that's going to be there.
1: uh, And how many Six Blades locations are
0: there now? Well, because we have affiliations, sub-affiliations, I think we're probably close to 70 schools that carry our flag. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But official schools, about 50. Like official Six Blades schools, about 50. Because a lot of those schools, they have like little schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're part of the team, but they're not necessarily, you know, the business of Six Blades.
1: So what... um, so what defines a six Blades? Like, I mean, you know, you said affiliations, but actually this is it like, I mean, obviously the six plates has a, mm-hmm. a methodology, but mm-hmm. is there something specific where, if, and I'm just thinking for people that are listening, um, if they walk in, like what sets something like six plates apart from some other jujitsu place?
0: Well, first of all, we have a strong brand. Okay. That's already, you know, to the lineage of my, my brother and I, so everybody knows our jujitsu has quality. So that's one thing that, um we had the quality of Jiu-Jitsu, right, and also six blades started with uh i don't know it's a funny story even because there was a whole thing about our logo right like you, you know it looks like a yakur yakut uh, the 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 flower the cherry blossom whatever so you know that's like the 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 seed of life. There's always this philosophy behind it, right? So, okay, this is just the spirit of samurai. We just call it because we're big, big in the bushido. Mm-hmm. You know, the moral aspects. Like, it doesn't matter which which. For me, it's like it's like like the samurai. It doesn't matter which samurai you are. They're always gonna follow the bushido. They're never gonna dishonor each other. It doesn't matter who you are, right? So then we always we always liked and always appreciate. That aspect of martial arts. So we just call, oh, it's the spirit of samurai. So that's like this old logo. And then we're just talking about, well, maybe we should give meanings to the blades. Mm-hmm. But at the time, we didn't even call the blades. So then we go, okay, you know, let's go family dedication. Da-da-da-da. we and then we created that as, a, as, a, as an idea first, you know, that was our, our version of the Bushido. And then uh, when the whole social media started, right? And then we created the hashtags. Like oh hashtag this hashtag that so we had like flow pressure finish which is always style your flow pressure finish, right? So that's always that idea. And then one day it was interesting because I was talking to my brother. See, so what is this? People are like oh it's the pinwheel like, like that was like names for our like like the Nike's the swoosh, mm-hmm. right? And then one day uh, me and my um, um, our photographer that was doing our social media like oh maybe those are the blades. I'm like oh yeah six blades. So it has like has like a. A catch to it so we brought it people just loved it you yeah. know that was, that was like all oh, the six blades you know all the blades the blades but so that's really really starter as it is you know what i mean and then when we rebranded hiberro see like even you can't say my name reberro like you know even for branding a uh, 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 a personal name like that, it's very difficult sure. you know what i mean especially like if you go to america it's one way like all oh, right where, where do you train hiberu jiu-jitsu like and then if you hear Hibero and you see our school you're not going to relate
1: Yeah, so we. begins with an R I mean
0: yeah so we had to go through that you know what I mean and I I talked to my brother say "Is that
1: because like the Gracie's like it was like oh Gracie Jiu Jitsu so you kind of just use your last name
0: yeah that's very common to use a last name that's Mm -hmm. something that's a culture um, you know, so, and also we thought like, okay, I think giving name, it's better than just, just giving a last name, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's easier to carry on and to make it a professional. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then we branded it, the brand was there. And then like I said, the methodology is already there. Everybody knows that our jujitsu is solid, you know? And, and then what we're doing is just, it's just allowing people to use that skill. The technical skill is there. The methodology is there. That's, that's the fun part, right? The hard part is like, how do you build a business? without losing the soul. For me, that's the biggest biggest catch about it. That's why, uh, like I said, when I talk about affiliations, sub affiliations, it's like, if you go to certain schools, they're like, this is how it is. You like it or not, get out. You have no personality once and ever within the business, right? Um, Some schools are very loose. Some schools, they do certain ways. So I think the way you run the bit, like you, you, you allow your brand to work, I think it's very particular to everyone. Uh, we do fall into franchising because we, we have a brand, we have a membership, and we have a methodology. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't require everyone, like, like for example, um, Vitor create the Flow Institute, like a little brand underneath the brand, right? I don't want to kill my athletes or the people in, within my community that has, like, a strong name, right? Like, uh, we have Six Blades, Fort Worth is Team Maha because, you know, he wants to do something with his brand, right? And I don't kill that. I associate with that, right? So there's, there's ways to do that. And then there's small schools that are like, maybe it's a student of them that they have a, a place, but they you know, they can afford, or maybe they're not big enough, or maybe I'll say, no, you can just be in a sub-affiliation. Um, you know, you're just part of our team, you know? And sometimes what we got, for example, I started sub-affiliation because there were people that came as a group, like, oh, you know, I have this school, but I have, like, five schools under me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so you're the leader of that, that group. You, you pay a full membership, and then those guys, they, they refer to you. So they can they have branding rights, but they don't have all the business rights, like carry the, the, the products and things like that. You know what I mean? So they just pay a membership to, to carry the brand as it is. You know what I mean? But, of course, they have to be part of it. They have to come and learn. Um, right now, is still a transitional moment for me because I need to like stop going outside and because right now what I'm doing, because since we did the rebranding, uh, I'm going to all the schools to like, you know, just go to them and make them feel good and, and then all that. But then I have to eventually come back and train them, you know, so now they have to come to me to like, you know, because like I said, the, the way to teach has always changed a little bit. Sometimes um, I'm really big in names. Oh, even people are like, oh, which one's this one, right? So that's, that's the little like transitioning right there, right there. But for me, um, what I want everyone, when they walk into a Sixth Place, is the feeling. It's the feeling that they're joining, not, not a gym, right? That's why it's not a gym, right? It's, it's a school, like you're there to learn, you're there to empty the cup, you're there to not being, be, bring that big personality into it, right? It's about learning the skill. it's about being, being a member of the community. You know, just, just like I said, the feeling, like for example, when you went to, to a Starbucks, it's the smell, it's the colors, is is that is that welcoming energy that you receive. And that's and that's the main thing that I want to all six blades. I want like I want to go to all six blades and they feel the same thing. That they're welcome. They have a feeling that like okay, I'm belonging to something versus I'm just here to break a sweat. What
2: what are the six pillars of each blade? You mentioned family dedication. Let
0: me know. no. Dedication was in the beginning, but okay. we changed it. John, do you know?
1: Yeah, it's um it's Viagra. <laughs> Tila. Vegas? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Red Bull. 51? Uh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> the Prisoner? Yeah.
0: All right. Family, respect, honor, loyalty, attitude, and discipline. Did you get it? That's why I write in cursive.
2: Family, respect, honor, loyalty, discipline. I miss attitude. One? Attitude. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. You know, they're just pillars, you know, just things like, hey, you know, you're a family, say family first, right? You know, the, the, the idea of the family that we've got to respect one another, honor your word, have a loyalty to our principles, have the great attitude to be positive, have the discipline to do all this again. Discipline says it all, you know what I mean? Everybody tells me like, oh, see me for me, discipline is the number one thing in the world because you have to have discipline for everything. You know what I mean? To be respectful. You have to have the discipline to be respectful. You know what I mean? It's meaning that the that, that it's that idea that, like, whatever it takes, I got to do what is right. You know, and I think a lot of people are lacking on that. But that's why family first and discipline is the, is the base of it.
1: Yeah, no, um, I remember the first time I walked in, there was, like, little kids and moms and people. And it's a, it's always a good family environment. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like, mom and dad's train, the kids train. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie and I go and... uh you know, Cashy, I take over to uh, mm-hmm. train with Victor in a rush. and Arash, um, and so it's uh, it's good that, or what I what I like is that the teaching style in the jujitsu between two different locations is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a hike to get to his place for us, but I mean, mm-hmm. Victor and them is a little bit closer. But um, for me, uh, it's it's a it's good environment. Like, um, and we we know this because not only have we been to a bunch of gyms. We've taught at hundreds of gyms. We've owned gyms. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that when I walk into, I look for in a gym. Mm -hmm. One is it clean? How does it smell? What are Mm -hmm. the bathrooms like? Mm -hmm. More importantly, if people are willing to bring their kids there and hang Mm -hmm. out, then Mm -hmm. it's usually a good environment and it's not toxic. So, I mean, there's just a a few things that I've always looked at. And we know walking into the gym, is it light? Is it, you know, I mean, like, what's the appearance? Like, how Mm -hmm. do you feel Mm -hmm. when you go in there?
0: Yeah, and also I get people that are like, oh, this is too clean for me. I'm like, okay. Uh, you right will
1: you. fucking never hear me say that <laughs> and I know because uh, when I used to go roll with uh, Eric Apple and, and Joker and those cats uh, I fucking got ringworm every oh time man. I went in there the fucking mats were dirty oh, all that. of a sudden you're like oh shit oh, shit and like I told them I to a second time I got ringworm I'm like dude I can't come back to this place yeah. and it's just fucking it,
0: disgusting
1: <laughs> you know
0: well you know like I said and, and the thing what the, is beautiful about the community is that like all my students they're my salespeople. I don't need a salesperson my students are mm-hmm. they would be like hey man how you feeling man? you gotta come back man you liked it like they're embrace that i don't tell them to do that you know what i mean but i tell people is this do you think jiu-jitsu changed your life well change someone's life with it too you know what i mean i think that's the, the best way to really bring organically people that it's going to stick with you for a long time because there will be days that you're like man i hate this you know like john says you know what i mean and then he's a guy that like he can probably overpower everyone he still hates it, but it's more of a mental hate than a physical hate. Well, it's it's uh, it's well, hate in a it's way, it's to like yeah, it's no, challenging. It's okay, yeah, it's a no, challenge.
1: No, it's um, it just goes against like everything yeah. I fucking know in my life. Yeah, and uh, to be a you know, but like I also know that for me, uh, there's no growth without humbling myself uh-huh. and learning things. And if I only do the things I'm good at, mm-hmm. I don't extend myself. Yeah, and then the the biggest issue is um, I basically made a uh, a deal with Jamie. Mm -hmm. I was like we're going to do it you know like I came in paid up front for a year Mm -hmm. and said hey we're in this for a year uh, at minimum and Mm -hmm. I'm going to come because I need you to come Mm -hmm. because I I mean mean, you have a daughter too I mean they're Mm -hmm. they're almost the same age but I always think that like um, the first time I actually like this is so stupid but I think I was 10 years old the first time I got in a fight with somebody I didn't know Mm -hmm. like legitimate like kind of street fight Mm -hmm. Um, but we had been in martial arts since I was six so I had fought Countless times in the dojo. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when this older kid like pushed me, I kind of like just like tightened the, the straps on my backpack and fucking just laced him. And uh, he started crying. Oh, wow. And I was like really kind of taken back because, I mean, we had fought so much. Like I didn't mm-hmm. realize the emotional deal. And I just remember thinking like, thank God I'd been in so many fights in the dojo mm-hmm. and we had done mm-hmm. so much sparring mm-hmm. that, you know, 10 years old when I wanted to go fight, like this was probably the first fight this kid had ever been in. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought for my daughters and even for my son, like I don't want the first time it's something like fucking dicey happens to them mm-hmm. uh, to be on the street. I yeah, want yeah. them to like be used, especially for girls. Like I want them to be used to somebody like yeah. tugging and pushing and grabbing. Tugging and And bagging pushing, yeah, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden they go out and some guy puts their hands on them. Yeah. They're not going to be scared. They're not going to be nervous and they're going to mm-hmm. know what to do. Yeah. So I think as a parent and I, that's why I appreciate the family first. Um, and this really hit me when my dad passed away. Um, the role of the father is to prepare the child for when the father's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I constantly think about that. Like how am oh, yeah. I preparing my children? Like I can safeguard them. I can wrap them in bubble wrap. I can mm-hmm. do all these things for mm-hmm. when I'm here, mm-hmm. but what about when they go out in the world yeah. and I'm not there? All they yeah. have is the lessons that I've taught them and what I've armed them with. Yeah. And for, for the kids, um, yeah. it's basically, I mean, fighting has been yeah. fundamental in my life and the amount of people, especially in this fucking crazy time where shit happens, I don't want them to be nervous Definitely. Yeah. and I want them to be well. And, um, you know, and when I went up and met you and saw the deal, uh, because I've told you, I'm, I, you know, I've been to jujitsu and I thought it was really lazy, mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily like it. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the ADCC thing after I met you, uh, the athleticism mm-hmm. and the movement was just like, holy shit, this is a yeah. way different than I've seen, yeah, yeah. and that kind of sucked me in.
0: Yeah, we, we learn easy, but we do hard. <laughs> you know, the same thing about my daughter, you know, because, you know, she's always like, maybe felt pressure. I said, Look, I don't care if you're going to be a jiu-jitsu girl or not, but you need to l- make sure if somebody ever put their hands on you, you know what to do. That's yeah. all they ask you for. I don't care if you're ever going to throw an arm lock in your life. But as long as you can take a human being out of the top of you and you can run for your life or fucking choke them or stab them, that's all I care. You know what I mean? And and she loves today. She calls me, hey, you know, sometimes I forget even. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. (laughs) got to bring her to Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it's beautiful. And and I really appreciate that, uh, you know, you and Jamie are there.
1: Well, so um, uh, I didn't talk about it on the podcast, but... um, Jamie got attacked by, well, you, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, got attacked by our neighbor's dog and the big dog. I mean, she, you know, mm-hmm. dog outweighed her by 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. And when the dog knocked her down and uh, I, I fucking hugged Alex for this. I'm like, you probably saved that girl's life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because what did she do that week? We had worked on spider guard. Yeah. yeah. So she like, she was on her back. She kept her chin down uh-huh. and put her legs up and she like literally was kicking and fighting that uh-huh, dog yeah. and basically fought for her life. Yeah. Uh that dog would have fucking That was me. the
0: first fight they were talking about. Yeah. And that was and, a dog.
1: And um, <laughs> you know, she's got the scars for it, but it, she mm-hmm. saved her life. Yeah. And um I remember when you guys reached out, i when I saw Alex, I was like, Ben, you probably saved that little girl's life. Mm-hmm. Cause if she hadn't have done this, she wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah, definitely. And even when I when I uh went to go, you know, pick her up out of that deal, uh when we were in the car, um she's like, Dad, I did jujitsu on the dog. I mean <laughs> crazy. I mean, yeah. fuck I was like tears in my eyes. Like, thank uh, God we went up there and met these guys. Yeah. Because she wouldn't have survived that. Uh. Yeah, oh, it's it's oh a scary yeah. deal, man. Yeah. And um I'm just glad that they're armed with it. But uh it's so good for the kids. Oh yeah. You know, it's fun. Cashy is such a blast. I like it's hmm. fit like the smile on his face. Yeah,
0: they all become friends, you know. They they grapple. They're like little little little, little monkeys and animals just grapple each other. That's what nature is about, you know. Every single animal fucking like hassle each other. Uh, and then we humans are like, "Oh, don't touch me."
1: But your coaches <laughs> are so good. Alex and uh, Philippe are so good, and uh, Arash and Victor. Like yeah. Arash is such a good coach.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, he's so good with these kids. Mm-hmm. Like how he how he messes with them and plays with them. They yeah. uh, and then at the end they all come over and hug him. It's it's. Uh,
0: it's crazy. They're all like six foot too much and two hundred too many kilos. Yeah, <laughs> you know and they're way. all
1: big dudes. And the kids go over there, and it's, it's hilarious that. Uh, like, Cashy was doing judo throws on, on uh, Arash, and totally, and Arash, of course, jumps and makes him, and Kashi thought he slammed him. Yeah. It's pretty, it, it's like, it. it's good as a father to see um, other people treat your kids like yeah. like they're their kids. Yeah.
0: That, that's know? what it is, you know, it's, it's bringing that to the family. And also, we say that, like, uh, if you have one kid, you have two, three students, because the parents are sometimes students, too, you know. Um, and one thing that I always tell about like kids, you know what I mean, like it's controlling the parenthood expectations of themselves, you know what I mean? Like some dads just they're too much. You know, you have to always like, hey, he's here to have fun. Yeah. Let him let him deal with his own demons, you know what I mean? Don't don't be a dad right now. Let him be himself. You know. But the journey is beautiful. Um, it's just the first year and I can't wait until ten years from now. When those little kids, when Jamie is like a you know, a grown woman, my daughter's a grown woman and they can I can see the way they walk on earth knowing they have a little, you know, ski on their pocket.
1: Uh, I really want, I I do, I've been talking to her. I really want those girls to compete. And yeah. I, I would love, I told her, I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, um, we found some girl on Instagram who's like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And the girl, like, basically has sponsors and travels around and does Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu.
0: yeah. Uh, she went to a couple of our schools. So I think she, mo- she just moved to Austin. Yeah. Uh, the, the girl's been, you know, for so long in, in the circuit and everything. Uh, right now, what's happening? We we in, we try to find the good tournaments for us to support because you know go to a tournament that's like you know shitty and everything it doesn't work. You know, of course IBJJF is like okay that's the next level. You know, there's a lot of local tournaments. They're they're very well organized. Uh, people you know they treat us really good. I think those are the one that we're still figuring out which organizations are we gonna f- support. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To make sure our kids get the best experience. Because the one bad experience will make the yeah. kid like, oh, I hate well, this. Well, then you don't f- want to go back. Yeah. Um,
1: so is IBJJF the pinnacle of the, yeah. of the deal? Yeah,
0: they're their first one. Um, they started in Brazil. Little, little, the, the whole federation was in the room. I remember, like, the weigh like, the lines were huge. Um, you know, the, the, the way it is right now, it's, it's beautiful to see where the sport have, have went as far as a tournament. You know, the federation itself is not really a federation, to tell you the truth. It's just a company that runs tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's no voting for stuff like that, you know. But, but yeah, I think the sport is where it is today, you know, because of the efforts they put on. You know, it's an organization that, again, you know, if you look at all wrestling, grappling, Greco-Roman, they all have flaws, right? They all have something that you wish should be different, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's the number one. That's the traditional one. That's where the best fighters are. You know, for Jiu-Jitsu Gi, it's, it's, it's the next level. Like, if if you want to be a champion of something, like, if you were, like, an IBJJF, world champion, you are what you are, for sure.
1: What are they going to do about uh, people running out on drug
0: tests? <sighs> Can I plead the fifth on that one? Um, I'm still about to ask them that, you know, because uh, it has to have repercussion, for sure.
1: Uh, dude, I oh. was uh, fucking... I, I mean, totally should have gone when we were in L.A., but I was watching it at home. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like... Fucking dudes aren't on the podium. They're not yeah. showing up to the final fight. Yeah. What had happened was, you know, fucking uh, USADA came in. Dudes bolted out the back and then made a bunch of excuses. Like, you can't have a legitimate, like, world championship yeah. and dudes fucking running out the back of yeah. drug, drug yeah. testing.
0: Well, the thing is, like, um, you know, some, some organizations say, I don't care. Um, the weapons are there. Use the weapons as you wish. You know what I mean? There's organizations that are open and say I don't care about, you know, um, testing people. You know how to use it. Use it. Come here the best as you possibly can. IBGJF took a while uh, to bring that to make it more professional. Uh, even on that realm, there's some things that I don't agree. With. So if you're gonna test, test both, right? Because you never know if the second place is now the second place is gonna grant the title, and 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 like don't grant the title for the loser. You know what I mean? Like there's no champion. Oh, but you gotta have a champion. Now you have. Two podiums with no people and there's no champions, right? Yeah. How 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 ironic that is. So like I said, it's at least start a trend. But like I said, uh, they don't test everybody, you know, uh, because if you look at the black belt, they should test like almost like thirty people because there's eight divisions, so that's sixteen men plus the girls, another so fifteen girls, so that's like thirty one tests. If you stand on the podium. I yeah. mean that's what they do in
1: the Olympics. Yeah. So you stand on the podium for a medal. I think they got. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the Olympics they test everybody. But, yeah, yeah. You
0: know. it, like everybody's tested, but like, uh, like I said, for me they should test first and second, if you want to grant someone a title. If you want to only test one, but if that one is caught, there is no champion. For yeah. me, it should be vacant. You know, now someone even like uh, there What happened at, at Worlds last year? So what happened was the guy. Got disqualified, so he didn't. So the the final of the open didn't happen, right? So now you have the number one, the second guy got disqualified before, which is the guy that fought Vitor, and now you have the first place in two thirds. The first place got caught. Now the champion is the third, the third place guy. Now the third place guy is the champion. You know what I mean? Not his fault, but I don't think he should be a champion. I think should be. Hey, it's vacant. We didn't have a champion that year.
1: Well, I mean, that's like when. um uh, Lance Armstrong got popped mm-hmm. and all that deal they had they were trying to go back and figure out who they could give it to mm-hmm. but uh, they had to go back to like the 24th 25th uh, 25th um, placer oh, wow. because everybody behind him was either dead or had tested positive at some point oh wow so they just didn't give it to anybody because oh, wow. they were like we're not giving uh, it to the 26th nah, dude
0: nah, forget about yeah. it No, you're the twenty six, buddy yeah no it's <laughs> it's.
1: Uh, but I was I was fucking heated on that because mm-hmm. um, you know like here's the deal like if if uh, Like if you don't show up or you fucking pull bullshit like that. Well, the the thing is, you you
0: know, you're going to be tested, right? So you're going through a phase in your life that, you know, you're doing it and you know you can get caught. Don't do it. It's just simple like that.
1: Or don't show up if you're dirty.
0: Yeah. Like I said, don't do it. Like, okay, I'm not going to do it because, you know, I was at ADCC and I can do that there. Now, don't just don't do it. Right. Don't don't go there. You know what I mean? Give someone else a chance. You know, I think that's 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 where it goes. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it should happen um that was very interesting because there was one team that, that did that three out of the four fighters that did that they were in one team uh yeah i think i don't know what's going to happen um you know like uh, even the guys that they compete compete against my guys so that's even worse but um but i told my guys i said, look if i if i ever tell guys to pull out of something please kill me you know seppuku death before this owner so that's where I stand. You know, I know I can sleep, knowing that everything I've done in my whole career, I was clean. and My guys are clean. You know, the only thing they are dirty from from working hard. That's the only dirt that they, they carry.
1: No, there's an interesting um, interesting mindset with that. Like I always go back to Louis Simmons' deal. Like, if we're gonna go in a war, we're gonna go to kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, you know, Louis and them never competed in drug mm-hmm. tested federations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, part of their entire Westside deal was a drug culture. And Louis, like, mm-hmm. well, that's what they're there for: would be mm-hmm. the best in the world. Mm-hmm. fuck it. If you want to show up to fucking fight the best or lift against the best, this is what it's going to entail. Mm-hmm. And uh, So, uh, like I understand both sides of that, but then, you know, shit, we got tested 36 times a year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was kind of an interesting piece. So, I see that and I'm like, you know, uh, I don't necessarily have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is is when you have individuals, like if everybody does it, then nobody does it. But if mm-hmm. you have some people that are doing it and people show up and it's weird and all that. I think you just get into some problems.
0: Well, yeah, like I said for example, the ADCC, they say, look, this is professional. Those skills are there. It's war. Bring your weapons. Yeah. Do you think it's good for you? Do it. If it's not good for you, do it. Some guys will eat steroids and they have no lungs. You know what I mean? Some yeah. guys don't do nothing and they have lungs forever. So it's about tools and weapons, right? But now you know. Like you make a choice to be there with or without it, right? But now you're in an environment that you know you will get caught and you still do it, I think that's the issue. And then you, oh, I had a flight to catch. Come on, man. Yeah, you bullshit. know what I mean? You have like, you know, 600 students in your school. You know what I mean? You pay for a flight on Monday morning is not an issue. You know, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like just, I just can't, the only thing I can do is prepare my guys for the best it can do. Yeah. Uh, I think my guys should beat those guys with or without steroids. Uh, I think um, when my guys lost it was a technical and training issue.
1: Well, it was uh, it was bullshit. Yeah, um, you know he uh, he fucking uh, I'm not going to name the dude, but uh, he had that like basically got a one point advantage because he attempted a guillotine and then came back and just basically sat on his knees. And, and yeah, just, also and, the, and the and rules.
0: That, that's a part of IBJF that sometimes like. Um, I think that uh, for me, what you need to understand about a fight, it's not the rule, it's the intention, what's happening, right? Like so if I'm touching your head and moving around, I don't wanna go forward. Like you're supposed to go forward, you're not supposed to go back. You're supposed to connect and contact. This is not it. You know, it has to be this. You know, you have to go and commit, you know. So I think what happens with Jiu Jitsu rules in that or BJJ rules, right? That's me being critical now. Um, BJJ um, is that it's it's too much subjectiveness in, within the rule that doesn't even allow the brain of maybe unprepared like referees to just gauge intention what is your intention like I can do all the lapel stuff grab and don't want to do anything with it you know what I mean yeah. so that I think that's where it should be and believe it, because I know 90% of the referees don't even agree with the whole ruling system. Mm-hmm. So now you have a whole team of professors, referees, that don't even agree with the whole thing. Oh, I wish this could change, I wish this could change. I'm like, man, the same time I hate you guys sometimes, I appreciate you guys because it's a hard mm-hmm. job. Yeah. You're literally refereeing for four days, regardless who you are, because you can be refereeing a blue Bell match of you know and then all the way to like a world finals you know what i mean like your brain it just doesn't compute you know it's too much margin for errors you know so like i said even like like there's some rules of interpretation that's for me so much bullshit like for example um i hope you guys are following what i'm saying so like you passing my guard means you want to go to my side right so there's a there's a rule that says if you pass my guard And I turn force and take you down is no point, even though I took you down. So see the interpretation. First, I have to analyze if I initiated the turn or you made me turn. For me, it makes no difference because it's still counterattack. Right? But for me, what's real is I grabbed your leg and I took you down. Right? So now... On the third day of all that 12 hour days, where I probably didn't sleep well, I'm carrying mats, I'm doing all this bullshit, I'm so emotionally fucking drained. Now I have to analyze if I turn on force, if I wanted to do it, or if you force me to do it. But it's just San Thomas. I'm seeing you're in the bottom, you're in the top, now I'm in the bottom. It should be score point. So even a little basic thing like that, like, has to have interpretation. Like, in the same thing. So, is that why six? not
1: simplify the rules?
0: Like uh-huh. um, I mean, why not simplify the rules? I mean, it sounds complicated. Well, yeah, because like I said, it's too much gap for interpretation. I have to interpret what your intention was to maybe then make a decision if this was point or not, right? But like it's not even intention, it's what really happened, right? So I prefer to understand intention like I don't give a fuck. John wants to go on his knees, grab your leg, and took you down. For me, that's the easy intention. to. Okay, he's trying to fucking do that. But now I have to go back. Well, but did he turn on his knee before or he was forced to turn on his knees? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's too much. I say, okay, this is happening. Fuck, this guy is going to be down.
2: And it's one-on-one. This is just one person versus a community, like a team where NBA, football, you have other people watching you can talk about it it's
1: it's super frustrating to watch because um, like in Victor's match um, like a dude attempts something he gets not even a point gets an advantage and then the guy knows that all I have to do is basically give the intention of kind of moving forward and fighting but not allowing or not putting myself in a position which uh, you know, and I don't know what the mindset is, but it seems like for me, I was just kind of hoping Victor would have just stood up and fucking smashed his forehead mm-hmm. through that guy mm-hmm. and tried to mm-hmm. like engage him. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if uh, like in, in terms of the coaching deal, I was like, well shit, if that guy's
0: not doing that, like you got to push the fucking envelope, don't you? Yeah. Well, exactly. But there's nothing in the rule that can say that. It is just too up to interpretation. Yeah. It seems crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like uh, I rather, for example, ADC, they're very radical. Like, if you step back three times, and will be like, hey, Luch. Yeah. If you're not, like, touching and moving forward, they will they will give you punishment.
1: Well, wasn't the ADC designed for, like, different uh, um, different disciplines to compete at once? Like, you could be a wrestler, you could be a judo guy. Which is
0: the definition the... of grappling, really? The no-gi. No-gi is pretty much started like that. You know, like, oh, you were judoka, you were that. So the first guy that... So back in the, in Brazil, you know, just a just little historical thing there was no such thing as a grappling challenges if you think for example let's talk about new wave right or Ten it's like there are no gi right and i'm Jujitsu with the gi because when you go to Jujitsu, jitsu there's no such thing as a no gi, right oh do you think uh is better than Jujitsu? jitsu let's fight there'll be an actual fight fist fight so i'll prove the efficiency of my style within a bra right so then of course People are doing that on the streets. They're doing that in clubs. You know, people are getting hurt. People are being murdered. So anyway, and then they started an idea to bring, well, why don't you just get those people that think they just grapple and try to find a unified rule? And uh, I remember there was a, an, a fight with the Hanzo and this Luta Livre guy that ended up in a huge brawl in Brazil. There was like an old newspaper. They, sh- they shut the lights off. That was so. Dead. My brother was in the middle of the two. People are hurt. People are punching each other. Police were beating up people. So the Sheikh from uh, UAE said, "All right, let me get those guys and let them grapple." So he brought like Sambo. I didn't even know what Sambo was until like ADCC. I didn't even do no gi competition until ADCC. You never saw Fedor fight? I no. Fedor came after like a while in Pride. Pride. Of, so I think when ADCC start? Uh, nineteen ninety nine oh. was the first one. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know what samba was. I knew like wrestling because of you know America and all that, but like wasn't like oh, there's all this this thing. So, um, so the Sheikh invited just a bunch of people from different countries. They had like judokas. They have real judokas. That was I was almost like the beginning of MMA, where like the guy even fought with a glove. You know what I mean? It was yeah. very like, judo only. Uh, wrestling only so he had to find a rule that kind of gave a, a playing field for everybody you know like for example you, c- you can't pull guard after five minutes so now you give a wrestler a, a benefit right first five minutes you can do what the fuck you want without repercussions so that means like if a wrestler takes me down I still can do something with them without repercussions right so it's a good rule I think is a, a very good rule uh, everything else it's allowed like you can slam you can only slam with a uh, locked submission. You can't just like close the guard and slam. Like if you have an arm bar on me, I can slam you. But if you're like I just I cannot just pick you up and slam you. So it, it create a, a good playing field. I, I like the way the rule is. Um, and that's where everything kinda started in a way. You know, the culture of like, oh you're a nogi guy, okay, let's grapple. But let's find a playing field. Now there's like so many different things. Well, there's no time limit. There's time Didn't limit. did your brother
1: show up to ADCC in wore his gi?
0: Yeah, that was one. Uh, he did the final in 1999. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to wear my gi. Because he thought, like, because you actually, which is cool, because you cannot grab anything. So my brother had a gi, but the guy could not grab the gi. They could push him, but he couldn't really use the gi against him. So his idea was like, well, if the guy's going to get wet... I can dry him out. So his yeah. idea was to create friction to keep the guy close to him. He was the only guy that ever done that. That's pretty special.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, um, the friction uh, from the gi is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like on the back, like, a you mm-hmm. know, like a, a back take, like mm-hmm. in that position. Because in no gi, when uh, I do I, I took that guy's back. He was able to spin on me mm-hmm. Around mm-hmm. The, in the gi with the friction stuff.
0: Well, yeah, there's pros and cons. Also, you know, the arm can go easier around the neck. Yeah. If you think that way, you yeah. know, with the gi, you have the collar. So there's a lot of different things. So, yeah, that, that's what where, the where ECC really brought to the game. And now it's huge. You know what I mean? I'm really Do you
1: great. think that, um, you know, the explosion of the UFC and the fact that, you know, I mean, uh, the, the original UFC, I saw, you know, Horse Gracie comes out mm-hmm. uh, and the gi and guys were all like, I mean, dude came out in wrestling shoes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was pretty much like like run what you brung. Mm-hmm. Where now at the uh, UFC, I mean, everybody's, you know, no shoes, uh, no shirts. I mean, people. Yeah, know, like, like I said, they're
0: they're a fine rule. that will fit everyone. You know what I mean? Um. And like I said, I don't think it's it's not about the style anymore. Uh, it's about the athlete, what that athlete can give it to it. You know what I mean? And, and right now we kinda like see a little bit of the, the Russians coming in because they're very true to their beliefs into like I'm just gonna be a grappling maniac. You know, and they just and they just walk forward, they're able to impose their will for fifteen minutes, you know, and they know this ground, you know. And I think I think for me a good boxer a good boxer that can do a little bit of jiu jitsu, but it's an amazing wrestler, for me, is the best. That's why I see, like, Kabibs, for example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's my sometimes the way BJJ, and I'm going to say that again, uh, it is today because it's a bunch of guard pullers, it's a bunch of beer and bowlers. But now, if you transfer that to mixed martial arts, you need to have that, you know, the, 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 the physical IQ. Um, I'm just there like my body is used to grapple you for 15 minutes like I want to murder you you know what I mean I think that's when we're talking about the intention like when you watch a gra- grapple match and people don't yeah. really want to murder each other it, it, it comes to that point because then also it's fair because now if the guy tries to pass Vitor's guard he's also giving Vitor a chance yeah. to fight but if, you know what I mean? If it's just a, if it's an MMA, it's not gonna work. You need to be on the top of the guy. You need to grind it. You need to, like, uh, and you look at Khabib. He does the same thing for 20 fucking five minutes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Because his body is conditioned for that. Because that's how he grapples. Because that's how he thinks about fighting. That's how he thinks about grappling. Now you go into a grappling mentality where I grab your hand and I pull guard and I get all this and I'm not really taking you down and being like a little more proud about it. That's why you see a lot of, like, original jiu-jitsu guys not really taking out because how they wanna now they want to do now, they're to learn how to strike. But how are you going to put someone down with your strike if you're not doing the element of wrestling? You know what I mean? So I think that's where a lot of, like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters are really missing, like, you know? Well,
1: the last thing you want to do is pull guard in an MMA fight. You know, fucking knock the fuck out.
0: Well, yeah, like there's people that do it, but you can't do it as like, okay, I'm there and I pull and go for something and I'll stand up. But you still have to have the skill to like, okay, I'm going to put my face on your face and grab your butt and grab your leg and i put you down I can do this for 25 minutes nonstop.
1: Did, uh, did you ever fight MMA?
0: I fought twice. And that's why I know because I literally neglect a lot of the wrestling, a lot of the jiu-jitsu part because i i thought that i needed to learn how to strike a lot so i'm a grappler that striked now what happened was when i did grappling my fight i got tired you know what i mean even though i was very welcome well that's a couple things that happened with my camp you know i I got sick and a lot of stuff that happened but i don't have to bring that up now but I shouldn't be a Graptosaurus in that that fight, you know what I mean? I should be able to grab all those Japanese dudes for 15 minutes and nonstop and put the pressure, you know what I mean? I felt that I had no pressure as a grappler. My strike was okay, not get knocked out, but I don't think my strike was, you know, a black belt strike that I could, okay, not I can rely on it, you know, because in the anime, if you close your fucking hands and just walk in front of someone, throw one and two, you are right there. Of course, there's the the lottery to be (laughs) caught. Well, Let's it was like,
1: uh, uh, I mean, that's what Strick- uh, Sean Strickland did. Yeah. And uh, fucking, pe- was it? Um, the uh, Brazilian kickboxer, Pena? Uh-huh. No. Uh, Pena. Uh, the guy that just fought where he fucking murdered Sh- uh, Strickland. Same guy that be- just beat, um, what was it? A couple UFCs ago, the Brazilian I know, uh, kickboxer. I know, I know you're talking who, about. Uh, who uh-huh. beat Israel?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the guy's name. Look at Khabib, right? He has a very fundamental striking. He yeah. you know, holds the toe, one, two. But look at him. Like He he's literally smothers people. Yeah. Like He walks forward with no fear. He's moving. He's throwing shit. Not the most technical. But you cannot stop him from smothering you. But yeah. he can do that for 15 fucking minutes.
1: Yeah. And, like, and you can't take him down. Yeah. I mean, he's fucking... Yeah. Mean, it, it's unreal.
0: Yeah. But, and you know what I mean? And then, and then when I went to Japan, now I'm like, oh shit, I gotta learn how to strike. I don't know how to do that. But how am I gonna train to fight? I should be actually a, a striking student and going into the process of learning to then, okay, now I can do that. So that was my, you know, I think was my training mistake. You know, I still got to win uh, two knockouts. Knockouts. <laughs> uh, more of like a, you know, uh, a brawl out <laughs> than, a, than a knockout, I wasn't clean at all. That was a cool little right hook. The guy knocked it some down, but uh, but yeah. And I think that's the difference, you know, like I said, the Jiu Jitsu guys are become kind of weak on their, on their ability to be violent, like grappling, like uh, relentless in the pursuit of that aggressive hugness, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, I want, but I don't want. I go, but I can go. It's Is true. that why
1: the wrestlers are doing so well in yeah, the UFC? Yeah, that's exactly why, because, because
0: they're true they They're true to their, to their yeah. root. You know what I mean? Like, I know I need to strike, but if I just walk forward to you and I can fucking put your head in that cage, you're not going to hit me. Yeah. And they can do that physically, aggressively for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, look at Khabib. He just literally just goes like this and he walks towards you. And he throws on two, and boom. He doesn't, it doesn't see him like lose. No, he doesn't do that. He just walks straight into it. And that's, I don't know how, well, Khabib retired. I, I don't really know, because he retired pretty young, Yeah, too. yeah, no, he, he,
1: he had 29 fights, and then his dad passed away, and he promised his mom he wouldn't fight. Yeah, yeah, you know, like
0: I said, I just don't know how how sustainable that is either. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. much those guys can do that style of fighting for that long. That's why sometimes strikers have a, a little longer life. Like, Anderson Anderson just, you know, got strike one day, and then yeah. he just lost it all. Well, fuck,
1: after he broke his leg. Yeah. Which is, is absolutely crazy yeah. that uh, a Muay Thai guy would shatter his shin yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, like
0: even them, even at his face, Chuck Liddell, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, once they got, but they, they still fought for, like, a long time, you know? And, and like I said, for grappler to, to go into that element and rely on grappling for that long, and I think that's hard, too. But if you're a good striker, they use hard take down. You can kind of like be more aerobic in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I usually say that, like you know, the the, the grappling is more like squeeze and uh, it's anaerobic, which is I think in my, in my belief, I don't know, maybe you can fix it. Mean like physiologically, it's way more straining than moving around and dancing and poof and be able to yeah, no, pick your I mean, shots.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. Um, uh, it's amazing how fast your conditioning fucking goes away when somebody's on top and you have to carry your, their weight. Yeah. I remember uh, um, Big Pedro. Mm-hmm. So you guys, there's a dude that trains with us who's being 5'10", 330. And we were doing half guard. And he uh, was on top of me, rib cage to rib cage. And he basically came up on his toes, oh. put all of his weight on me. And I like I was fairly new, so I didn't understand about being like angle side survival, like don't stay flat backed. He pinned me on my back and just put his ribs on me. And I felt my ribs, like kind of my rib cage adjust. Yeah. And uh, he fucking sucked the wind out of me. And it was funny, I came home uh, after and I like just kind of laid on the couch in kind of a funny position for about like an hour trying to get my (laughs) ribs to undo. And then finally they kind of relaxed. Yeah. And uh, that was really impactful for me. One, (laughs) I realized you never want to be flat on your back. And if that guy goes to get you rib cage to rib cage, you got to fucking move. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was really interesting, but I just remember how fast I got conditioning sucked out of me yeah, yeah. by just carrying that weight on your oh, chest. Yeah, yes. And and then I also realized that if I want to fucking suck the wind out of somebody, I just fucking put my weight on top of them, get my rib cage on them and just fucking lift up and just dry down and it sucks yeah. the wind out of them. Yeah. So it's fun. Good. Yeah, but big Pedro yeah. fucking <laughs> heavy dude.
0: He's losing weight. That's cool. He's moving yeah. more. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, he made a promise i'm gonna i'm gonna move because i always tell guys you got to be able to move you know that's my biggest thing uh you were talking about even jennifer at the moment like for me you gotta be able to move you know move keep you awake pe- keep you alive you know and that's why i see a lot of guys even my age you know they're they're jiu is about like i don't want to move like oh i said no, why not move you know what i mean let, let it happen you know what i mean until you're in the positions like all right now you're not moving you know, it's so fun, man. Jiu-jitsu is it's, it's unbelievable, and I hope we can do it forever.
1: The uh, the fight before um, Victor fought Cyborg, um, he was, uh, uh, I forgot the kid he fought, um, but he literally moved nonstop mm-hmm. for 10 minutes mm-hmm. past guard. He made that kid look so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I was so excited because mm-hmm. he moved for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. He passed his guard. He was doing whatever he wanted, and he literally pushed the tempo. Mm-hmm. And I got to see the fact that the conditioning we did yeah, was positive. Definitely. And that was to me like the best, mm-hmm. um, like the best rec- like receipt I could have hoped for uh-huh, uh-huh. to see the conditioning and the training all in one in that moment. And then he goes in with that fucking schlub who just sat on his ass. And, yeah, didn't and, that, do and that's
0: what we're talking about because that's his style. So now he's adding to it, but now can we withstand, can he do that now into a zometric like, like world? Can he like grab the guy's leg 10 times, like one time a minute? Do this training and then, and then, and that's when, like, like I said, and that's when, like, the training on the room has to, has to match what are you capable to do on the, on the, on the, on, on, on the gym floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure he has it, the physiology, because he did, you know, airdyne, oh. fuck, that thing is it's insane. You know, and things like that. But now, if you're not grabbing someone's leg now, it's different. You know what I mean? You need to now to get that down, you know. It's, again, it's a process. His body's changing. Uh, we get time, you know, uh, we, we get opportunities and then like even one of the fights we're getting ready There's no point on the fight So it's pretty much let it flow and squeeze where it needs to be so he doesn't have that concern Oh, he's gonna take me down or things like that Or he's gonna run away from the fight, you know, he just need to worry about not being caught in big positions such as back position, you know, side control mount position being swept. you know it doesn't matter. If he's on the bottom, if he's back on the ground, he's fine. If he's on the top, he's fine. You know, um, but if you go to IBJF where every single, you know, sneeze counts, yeah. and that's a, bit, a, little bit, a little more difficult that he needs to be ready for that. Yeah. Cool.
1: So what's next for uh, Shandy Habero?
0: Um... Well, i'm going to australia now this year is going to be kind of like a little traveling year uh, a lot of fun stuff to do well mostly fun you know um i love teaching a lot traveling so i'm going to australia uh february is australia uh, march we have uh, have a few seminars a few weekends but mainly we have the Panams uh in orlando and then from there i'm going to brazil to support the schools in brazil see my family there uh, and then come back, and I have a camp in Costa Rica, which may be canceled in case Vitor gets his fight. And then after that, just camp for worlds and get people ready for world championships. And then another cruise, go on a cruise ship teach jiu jitsu. And then I have a camp in Montana. Uh, for me now, John, it's about just just, just bring the, the gospel of jiu jitsu to every, every single person I can, you know, expose them to what Six Plates about. Uh, like I said, I don't want to steal people from anybody. I just want them to like, oh, you know, there's there's all, this, all the things I can be looking for, you know. I'm, I'm very grateful to have built an image outside of my brand that people respect me. They want me in their school. Um, you know, every time I go teach, I teach. I love teaching. I teach what I know. Uh, I don't really hold anything back. So that's, that's what's next for me is just build... Um, Six Blades in a way that, you know, anyone can benefit from it. And uh, if you are a business owner, you're a school owner, you want to be part of our organization, that our organization can can add, you know, value to everyone so we can get more more of you guys coming and train. Awesome. Well, if people want to get a hold of you or if
1: they're looking
0: to come to Six Blades? Uh, sixblades.com, um, sixbladesaustin.com. Just go to my in my, uh, in my Instagram, Sean Hibert, JJ. Six ways awesome. You have like tons of uh, (laughs) of channels now, right? Back in the day, we had the yellow pages. Yeah, that's how I started. The only way you could find us is yellow pages. Now you have Instagram, Facebook. So
1: I always think, man, if uh, people are looking for me and they can't find me, they're not fucking looking. So we're easy to find.
0: Oh yeah, nowadays it's just. oh I wanted to talk to you and say, bro, come on. If you just if if you Google my wrong name, you can't find it. Like there's literally that's why phones are so interesting today because literally you open your phone, you have like ten different channels of communication. You know, I have Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu on, on Instagram. I have Six Blades Austin. I have my personal I have my personal um, um, Instagram, you know, and I have, like, the Facebook to each one of them, plus the websites, like, e- you, you'll find me. So, yeah, just Six Blades jiu That's the easiest way to find us. You know, we're here in Austin, uh, Northwest Austin. I also we have, like, Travis, um, you know, and then if you want to find more Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu around the world, just, just let me know.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Bye.
2: Bye.